messing with buttons. I'm going to move this. Actually, you know what? I, do, I don't want you messing with it. I really don't. I'm head to head with it. Uh, for the people uh, listening to the podcast, talking about the live video version as well, we're doing live on Mixer, which can tune into most days on Wednesdays, but today's a Thursday. That's right. Uh, there is a live switch button where you can change assets, and I like to mess with it because it's fun. Yes. They don't um, give me extra buttons most of the time. It's really good. Talk on this show, but I think this week we look forward to have to keep more focused because we've got so much stuff to go through. Well, you had a three hour show today. I did that on purpose. The longest episode of the Domination podcast ever. No. I swear we've got one or two that did not long. We had pros on, but we went through stuff in regular area seasons. Like, we got like a three and a half, three hour, 20 minutes. Yeah. Was that like Bile and Pulled Out Mike or something where they came and we asked questions? No, there's no way because I was in a studio, so we had a set time, I think. I knew that we could do that. We had one episode where we at least went three hours. Uh-huh. Yeah. But the reason we did this is because there's all the losses have been announced the past week. That's right. With the organizations and who's on which roster, along with some of the coaches. We always hit some of the coaches because some teams don't have coaches. Right. And as well, as patch notes have dropped. So you can see the six patch notes came out this week. So three hours. Can that start now for those two subjects? Is it all tricky? It might be a challenge. It's going to be a challenge. Challenge to see first. Let's do it that way, right? Well, I want to see if there's any champions. It's the easiest one. Let's move the champions. Okay, cool, man. Yeah. Waste of time. Let's start the show with the one that everybody knows is like, yeah, they're all champs with draws to sell. What do you mean? This is, uh, this is going to be technically three of them are not real champs anymore. Mm-hmm. Why so serial? Did you see that in the account? Uh, okay. Did you hear about that? Because I know we were busy with everything like that. Yes, I didn't get to see it, but I heard about it. Why so serial took down a bit of a silo of war? Spin. We defeated. And um, when people say, well, it doesn't mean they mean that much, well, game two of that first pick for Splice was Naja. Oh, man. Wait, Sino lost on Naja? Yeah, he did. They gave him Naja? Yeah, they did. That's how good that round is going to be. Anyway, that's incredible. This team, um, Service Spice. Like Boswell and Vinny Oswald are carries in this team if, uh, if we're just kind of extrapolating. Well, I mean, we're all playing against Splice this year. Right? If we watch the World Championships back on, you'll see as Boswell plus four and Splice win. So, you know, that's it's not going to sell it. Uh, uh, as you mentioned, no changes to this roster. Coach Kabam, of course, uh, really, really good uh, coach for them. Do you expect Splice to be the favorite to be the first seed going into next year with coming in as a defending champion? No changes. Champs always go in as favorites anyway, right? You, 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 you won the last big competition. I would say usually. Well, I don't know whether they are. Because Splice is a team that struggled through spring did pretty well in the summer and did great in fall, of course. There's a little bit of time to ramp up in the meta fell their way and they and they're the ones that kind of manipulated that meta. Um, this is uh, this is a this is a team that I think could be really, really good right off the bat. I could also see them being middle of the pack at first. I agree, but there's also extra factors for season six too, right? And the extra factors are team houses, players probably gonna be around each other a little bit more, always playing wide and not the completely own home. 
much like Biggie was potentially the MVP for Gigacross over the last two years, Roe is going to need to do a lot of work to make sure that everyone's personalities and egos are meshing well yeah. together because there is a lot of personality and a lot of ego on this team. Spice is one. I don't like using the word spice as often now, but this is really good because every single one of these pe- people are very strong in their position and very opinionated about their role and their job and how the game should be played. Yes. You've seen the likes of Zeros, for example, in the mid lane, the way he changed Dignitas and tricks like you know, who have had a play style that was through season one and three, all the way through, you could see they had a clear play style. And clearly, when you had Zeros join them, their play style over time changed. Like, Tricks wasn't as aggressive anymore. He, he's got ball really dropped down to like different, more supportive style gods. He's making impacts on teams there, and Zeros joining this team. Is he going to get the same sort of appreciation focus towards his role of what he needs? Right. Or is the power play going to be elsewhere? I mean, obviously, on top of that, we're going to talk about Mare, which we'll get to later. Like, sure. if Mare changes, does that mean a different role is going to be a different position, right? But if we just take what we saw in season five and then take these players, then I am worried about the problems of this team. Because I think everybody feels they're going to be right and they're helpful. I just, I just hope this team gets one leader, you know? Right. One leader that everyone would just follow. That, that is going to be a challenge, I think. But if there's someone who can command that respect, I think it's going to be adapting. Right? I mean, this show's dude is the best player to ever touch the game. And, uh, and so you're going to have a lot of respect coming his way. One of the more uh, interesting things as well as Zeros was on a team for adapting before his coach. Yeah, uh, he played. He was part of the coaching staff for energy there, so he knows adapting all the fair. Yep. On top of that, Nelsy and Zeros team together on multiple teams as well. Cringe crew. That was right. one of those teams. Those guys hung out for a while, played in the same team, so they've got that chemistry of working together before. And then of course, Vote and Deathwalker coming from Rival. That, but that's where I'm a little bit worried because Vote has played on other teams before. He was on yeah. Cyclone GG before that uh, old Rival roster, or it, it was uh, Justice roster. The old Cyclone GG was the old Rival roster. Deathwalker, to my knowledge, has not played on other competitive team besides Cyclone slash Rival. That has been his squad mm-hmm. for the for his time as a pro, or even a semi-pro. How well will he adjust to a new setting? Because Deathwalker is a very unique dude. He's a lot of fun to be around, but he thinks about the game in a lot of different ways. And I think that people were really used to how he thought on Rival yeah. and were able to, to work around him and, and make sure that he was in a comfortable spot. When Deathwalker goes to zeros and goes, yo, man, I want to build Frenzy Chop, what's that conversation going to be like? You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it's going to be a different dynamic, and I think that Deathwalker's comfort level is one that's going to be pretty important. It feels like these are all generals. That's kind of what it feels like. And they're all a, they're a general of their own individual role, and they're going to have an outlook on things, but it's about these generals working together now, right, to create an army. And it sounds really weird to use that way, but it's the best way I can really think of saying it, is that these two teams... Oh, so this team on paper, Vote and Deathwalker technically size lanes aren't as important in Spine Season 5 as the core, which has always been the core technically throughout the game, of the jungle, mid, and support position. Right. The core of this Pittsburgh Mouse Forces has that already. They have some chemistry already from Adrian's experience, which is great. Now how does Deathwalker fit in? Do they want to play through Deathwalker? Do they want to leave them on island? They miss that. Yeah, like they, there's possibilities for that. Will it be good at a good Deathwalker has the ability to do all those things. It's whether he wants to, the team wants him to, and how he's going to do it. Adapting is definitely adjusting his play style since playing with Minion, though. I mean, if you look back at the fall split, he spent a lot of time on the right side of the map and helping out Maniac and getting Maniac ahead. Yeah. And Maniac's a good player, but he's not Deathwalker. And so if Adapting continues to spend more time with the solo lane, and especially with the new solo lane objective coming mm-hmm. in, which we'll be talking about a little bit later, I think that there's more room for Deathwalker to be a star on this team. I can, I can agree. The problem is I think they're able to be a star on this team, and I think that is going to be where the meta dictates 
small cell than the actual plant. Because if it makes sense, if it had enough jeweling focus, right, then maybe that's what will still be at the end of itself because it gets left behind and yeah. shows his ability to act all. It's focused on the cell already because of the new Tobias on the wall and manipulation. This team is going to have a lot of pressure on them to perform right away and top yeah, right? right? Very, very high expectations. Do you think they'll meet those expectations? And on an individual level, who do you think is the most susceptible to not playing up this, their standard on this team? Oof. See, the funny thing is, because we have experience with these teams that we've never had before, which is every game is live. Yes. And every single game's going to be in the studio, which isn't the So you mean rival can't tell us that it's just online play and they don't care enough to, to play well? Well, I mean, well, yeah, but it's just the regular season, you know, right. so that's why it's going to be now. It's whatever. I, I went to bed at 9 o'clock, you know, at, like, Friday in this morning. Right. Even though I'm going to get that same. But the news is they're going to be on screen and the fans are home, so that, you know, there's not going to have that benefit to you. Um, I'm not getting any views straight after the game, too, when it's really sick, you know? Yes. I was like, so what did you say about that? Oh, we didn't score well? Oh, well, you're a shit show. This might be a whole new level of the savage this year. It's not that it's not going to exist. Not in this year, I guarantee you. It's going to go higher. Yeah, but we talk about the double that you're we were losing most of the time. You're brutal. No, my son, that doesn't flow quite Not the savage, it's just going to be, oh, that was brutal. In my mind, I think... Because as soon as there's struggles on this team, yeah, you know the fans are going to jump on whoever isn't performing well. The fans are because the fans are the fans are the real brutal savages yep. here. They always are. When you've got when you've got anonymity, anonymity, anonymity. the accent? When you have anonymity, that is a really powerful tool to just say what you want, but it does have impact. You know what I mean? The players are going to feel that if things go wrong there. And coming with that level of pressure is an issue. We've seen multiple teams that have been passed as one star or all star teams struggle, especially when they've had the pressure. Nicholas Haas yeah. was a really good example of that and how they failed to win world championships last year. Yeah, it was tough. I, I think that if I have to pin down an individual that might be the, the focus of that, I think it's most likely. I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm saying if that is going to happen, who would I assume that it's going to happen to? I think it's Death Walker. I think the Death Walker in a new environment with the scapegoat, he might be, yeah. If things don't go well and he's not carrying, I think it's like, oh, Vogue will get scapegoated. I think Vogue has... Unless, unless Vogue is going to be the sneaky, like, carry of this team. The funny thing is, Vogue has gone through such a transitional period in terms of play style of how he's been and where he's come from. Justice is the um, yeah. original Justice League sort of play. Yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I had the to ask him game, yeah. so... The only so team that uh, gives SK a run for their money are the worst SPLs in that First, was that about this? Yeah, first, that was first at least had a new roster. Like, they had that excuse built in. Like, well, last year's SK, I will argue the death of me. I think they're good players. They were the worst SPL team ever in relation to the rest of the league. I'm not saying about Pictou. She's in a lot of them. Yeah, but that is. Uh, but yeah, I think I think Vogue could, Vogue could really be a carry for this team, but he could also be scapegoated if things go wrong. It depends on the 6 2. He's adjusted playstyle because his early career, he struggled with. Um, awareness of the minimap and his position on the minimap in terms of laning phase and how aggressive he was getting and they rotate on the out position because of it. Right. Well, that felt like as time went on, it was identified on why and adjusted and corrected to be a much better situation. And it made him so much of a better player because of it. Much, much better. He uh, he is now in contention with adapting for best LAN KDAs and more so the least deaths. The KDA part is so skewed because of that playing insane season two. But <laughs> Vote is one of the, the safest players on land in the league, if not the safest, and that's a huge change from his justice. Without a doubt. 
chat and time to uh, buffer up the next one. I think a lot of people just have a more or less to talk about this team, which team is it? It's Rival. I, I did just press a button. This Rival squad is one that I am really, really interested in. I yeah. think this team could either be one of the best teams in the entire league. I could see this team beating the Pittsburgh Knights, or I could see this team being like six or seventh all year long. I want to call this my slow burn team. Yeah, right. As in, the, the Cubs are going to be on, right? But you're going to like to continue to grow a little bit more, and this team needs to grow. Individually, these players are very skilled. Yes. As a team, knowing them behind the scenes just a little bit, because we don't get to know them really, really well properly behind the scenes, but their attitudes all seem to be about the same level. Respectful, not argumentative to the point of trying to get into it to cry or rage out, right? But right. I think we're all going to be on the same level and work very well as a unit to get better and improve and be able to give constructive criticism in a nice atmosphere where things will get better. And I feel like they're all going to have that attitude of, man, that sucks, but hey, let's get better. Not, well, that sucks. Oh, well, next week, let's be as You know what I mean? Like, well, it's the difference I'm after here. I think to start off with, this team will probably be mid to low end of the table to start. But then as the season progresses, could be a world champion team. I, I think this is a, like, could. I mean, like, yeah. I see a very high variation of them being in the 75 in the world section. No yes. problem. Yes. Yes. I agree with that as well. I think it goes under the radar that PBM and Panda Cat were at the middle of both of the last two world's winning metas. Season four, they absolutely had the meta down. Mm-hmm. And that's, that was a big deal that their rival said as well, that they just had a better understanding of how to play the map. That's always happened in worlds. And PBM and Panda Cat were on that team, of yes. course. And then last year, Splice, he and I and Splice scrimmed each other constantly mm-hmm. and had a lot of the same strategies. So clearly those two are very, very good at identifying what is going to be strong in a particular meta. Oh, I think Captain Twig is a, is, a, is a slight genius. I really do. I think he's an absolute animal when it comes to the way he thinks about the game. I think Final K is just still has that really, really high drive and a lot of passion to learn. And I think that he might really step out of the shell and be a true star in the SPL on this roster. He can also be the, the role player on this team. And I think that a lot of teams need those, and I think that he can fit that, though. Because he's very much Jimmy. And Jimmy was yeah. the role player for the old energy squad. That, that's the one, the one thing that everyone's going to talk about, and it's going to be a big point, is Panic Out Mid. Right? Yes. They have quite a few mid laners coming this year because they've lost a couple. That's the biggest change in terms of role in the SPL on this side. Um, mid lane has a lot of new players that either have tickled into the mid lane before or never played it before professionally. And we get to see them in action. And we have seen plenty of pro- pros succeed and flounder yes. in that position. Multitudes of them. Panda Cat's going to go in that role. Now, at times when Panda has had time away from the scene, we've seen him go back to Hunter, be behind the meta, get abused because of it. I can think of a, suit, a few situations there for sure. Um, specifically, Jinwei Terra, he walked into yeah, and was like, oh, I don't know this thing. Welcome to hell. Right? Yeah, okay. um, but there were good examples of that like, either way. Mid is similar to Hunter in some ways, but there's a lot of drastic differences. There are. There are some differences, but if you think about all the SPL players that have moved into the mid lane, I think more of them have succeeded than failed. Mm-hmm. And it's not good for me to say because it's going against my argument that mid is one of the hardest roles in competitive. But, I mean, you look at uh, Big Man Tings, obviously had a great transition. Baskin had a great transition. Even guys like Ann and Stash, Andy was good in the mid lane. Sure, he wasn't going to go home. They always take map as well. You've got to say that's okay. And that's why even me saying that this is a slow down team is one of the reasons. Um, other than that, the team that you want to the list as well, these, this team does have a coach in Sling. Problem is, though, just to be clear, Sling, I don't know what it is for the team, and most of the coaches, as 
podcast is being built, get to know what they do for the team, because we don't get to see, are they motivational coaches, are they picks and bands coaches, right? The ones that are more outspoken, we get a chance to see if, like, they deal with picks and bands, they deal with selections. We don't really know that. All I see from, like, what I've seen studies, social media, for example, is memes and tweets, which is cool, but it, it doesn't give me an input of what he's going to do. I don't know what this team exactly needs. I don't think it needs a coach that's going to be um, necessarily about picks and bands and things. They've got the talent there themselves. No. I think maybe overall, like, communication and stuff is probably what he should be looking at for doing. A little bit of that. A little bit of that. I just think that Slaney is going to be there as, as, a, as a sixth mind in the room to bounce ideas off of. Because that's how you really get a good hold of the meta and what you think is really, really best is just talking it out and, and brainstorming ideas, basically. And I think Slaney is just there as the, as the sixth dude who has some good ideas that can... And coaches are always awkward because I think that's one of the reasons, like, some of those haven't been to coaches yet, maybe still be to good coaches, but there's no tangible proof to the outside of what our coaches do most of the time. Right. You know what I mean? There's one or two coaches that have done that because they've broadcast on social media a little bit more. Sure. Whether that's the deficit of their team or not, who knows? But it's hard for a fan to relate to what they do because a coach can do multi roles, but yes. they can do specific ones, and each team's going to need a specific or a multi role. Level coach. I, I think that I would equate Slaney closest to Hazer. Uh, I think Hazer is there as a kind of do it all sort of coach. Yeah, coach everything. I don't, I don't think Slaney deserves the amount of praise that Hazer gets right now because Slaney spent last year on a CLG team that did not do very well. Yeah. But that's not his fault necessarily. You know, it's just that that's the reality of the situation. Like the, the pros that respect these coaches, I yes. understand that, but then when it comes to tangible results with coaches, there's not many that come to mind. Well, that's all right, because they aren't, they aren't actually playing the game. Slaney is yet to be the like, off most of the top of my head. There's Enix, Noble, well, so, like, SML teams, for the most part, you ended up going down to. Then, CLG, but CLG's performances weren't great as the year went on. They went out, out and you know where Enix is, and yeah. Yeah. so, like, he's doing something for the team. Sure. And that's why it's awkward for us to talk about coaches, because he's not trying to roast them. He's more like, well, what do we do? Right. <laughs> what do we know about them? This is all the Christmas plot. I mean, uh, you know, I've talked to Slaney a decent amount. I do think that he has a good mind for the game, but certainly this is his best best roster to work with. And if this one doesn't work out, then then he probably is going to have to look at what is going on with his, his team selection as the way that he's thinking about the game would probably push him to do certain things. Mm-hmm. And that's all, you know, in the future. We did talk at all about Arkill. Um, you might have a new son about Arkill. You do to be the French monster. Yeah, I can say that clearly now because Jermaine's not in it. It is the French power. He and PBM are going to kill the world. It's going to be a side for real world. Whichever one. You can say something tactical. They're going to they're going to be one of the best lanes in the, in the SBL. Immediately. In yeah. my mind. For sure. I think, especially because the one thing that this field team feels like is kind of obvious is that not all spells have ever happened. And Mike was like, yo, playing the Lockdown was kind of dope. Like, that was kind of cool. So I was playing the Twitter over. That was kind of cool, too. Yo, that, that's cool. And Arkill, I know Arkill went back. To the big boys, like on that roster, but I was obviously saying, like, no, Mike does this in like, like, that's how players learn is like experience and abuse that. And All Stars is a really good event to see potential things in the future happen to. That's why some of this roster I feel came together. And I really like it, man. Like, on paper, I'm sold on this roster so much more than the Pittsburgh Knights in terms of, because I'm not worried about the backroom, which is where I'm worried for Pittsburgh Knights in terms of. Who's the general there? I feel like amongst this list, there, there, there's a few defined generals and a few quiet members, but we knew that our team. We knew that our ones were quiet ones. Yes, definitely. I, I, I'm very excited about this team. I think they've got a really, really high ceiling. Uh, we'll have to wait and see what, what exactly they end up doing. 
I saw more bronze helmets, headphones, renegades, and trifecta. At the same time, let's do it. At the same time, that's fine. Yeah, yeah, I don't have one, so you know, I do not. Uh, we'll, do, we'll do trifecta next up. This trifecta roster is one that caught a lot of people by surprise, and probably for good reason. Matt is a stream roster. I know he's a stream roster, too, because he got his eyes streaming. Yeah, exactly. Roster, and a couple of changes happened in the last few minutes 
for the most part of this. When it comes to specifics of which roles, what places the roster they've got to deal with now. Sure. Um, now you know it comes together. I'm interested to see how it works out. I just think that, and, and as well, like, like we were saying, a lot of SK members got picked up. Did Ducky really inspire uh, an SPL spot with his play last year? And, and again, it's not, to, it's not to attack Ducky by any means, but you just have to look at it objectively. I wonder if there were better options. If you get told as a solo lane that was in the SPL last year and this team, four guys of that, four guys, those four guys wanted to as a solo lane and don't want to be on this team, what would you say? Well, of course. Okay, if I'm Ducky, of course I'm saying yes. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, obviously. No, so, like, uh, Ducky, because he's bottom board, what if you were, like, second in the league last year and this team wanted to? What would you do there? Oh, I'd try and find a better roster. Sure. Um, why should the point of Ducky? And that's no offense to Ducky. I'm just like, I think they probably went down the list. Right. And Ducky was there. And I, I actually do believe Ducky's got a lot of skill. He's a player that, to be fair, um, I don't like saying that I got involved in that stuff, but, like, Ducky was, like, people were asking me before, like, you know, if I had potential in the solo lane, Ducky was one of them. Where I'm like, I think Ducky needs a team around him. Ducky's one of those players, one of those solo laners that we've seen through the time where, more or less, another example, you had it to know in the sun, right? Right. But until he got a good team, you couldn't really show how good he really was. Um, Ducky's still got a lot to learn, but I think this could help him flourish. It could make him, you know, more of a star, recognize as being able to play this solo a couple players' last shots is in at the SPL in my mind. I think that this is probably Ducky's last uh, yeah, we'll give you the spot, we'll see how you do sort of moment. I think this could already be Wally's. It's very important for him to do well. Well, he's back in the SPL. Look at what he did last year in the minor league. It wasn't it wasn't particularly impressive to me. I mean, he did, he did well, but if you expect, what, if the way that people talk about Wally is that he's this you know, it, it was a complete injustice that he wasn't in the SPL last year. Yeah. I didn't see that at, at the minor league level. He was definitely the best minor league hunter, but it wasn't by a large enough margin. I mean, to be fair, Wally changed his roster as well in the minor league, right, to try and do something super. Yeah. And it didn't come off super at all. Yeah. And that in itself was like, okay, you're going for the big nail in the coffin because of your team probably the better. Right. But look, performances from minor league, you know, top two, every single split. I know, but individually, I'm talking about an individual show. And I always feel bad because there's always a hill that I get that I get caught up on in a battle. There's a lot of, I do remember two years ago on a domination podcast, I got into this exact same thing. Well, you know what it is, is because I just think he's been overrated. But there's crazy moments in the game they stick in people's hats, right? Like, yeah. Woe is us is the world and the world falls down. Like that line, like I hate when I hear my own voice, but yeah. That line and the fact that he defended his title alone gave him a lot of credit. Definitely. And people remember those moments. You know, the big summer moments, and he made them. He definitely He'll ride that wave of success for a while and then has to find a new one. And again, it always comes with this disclaimer. I think Lowey's a very good player. I don't dislike him as a person at all. That's just the, the way that so why you have I to do that. Because, I get, because everyone's like, you're doing Lowey. And I'm like, no, I don't. So, you know, I hit every pro player equally. Equally. That's very kind of you. Equally. There's not one that I actually like except Trick Sunk.
no shot to be the best man in the SPL in my mind. How about this? This year, he's got no shot. Plays Knox. He plays Knox. And, and short. He plays Knox. He's got a world championship and he's played Knox. So he has that correlation. Mechanics aside, he's a mechanical beast. You just have to learn so much about how to play a role on an individual level that I think that if I was Darnes and I wanted to win right now, I think playing support on a different roster may have been a better way to do it. Is Darnes the cause of that disparity? Yeah, that's the question. Like, well, like we said, the Sun has a lot of changes because the old, some of the hard hitting old. Technically, we don't have Yaman, Prime, Baskin, a third of the sub magic basically. Is there anyone I'm missing off the big three? I don't think so. Uh, mid laners? No, I don't believe so. Yeah. Scream is the other big notable one that isn't talking about mid laner. Well, I know I'm saying just in general. Okay, cool. Those are really the, the only notable four. And I think Scream will probably come back in. Wolfie's not playing, but. Yes. I don't know how to handle the Wolfie situation either. I don't, you know what? I'll call a spade a spade. I don't know how many team offers he would have gotten regardless of the moving situation. Because I know. There's probably not noise about like maybe he was offered spouse and he chose not to because he wasn't getting paid enough. Maybe teams would want him, but I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. No, I'm saying that, yeah, that is it. Yeah, yeah, he is on the list of mid-laners so that we lost this year for one reason or another. So a lot of space has opened up, and funny enough, instead of looking at other mid-laners that are in the final pool of the minor league or further down there even, of the hidden gems like Donners was once upon a time, then they've just taken pros with the lanes and put them into this position for half the teams in the league. Yes. So a lot of the teams are going to be in the same hole Where do you think this team is going to end up? Because I, I really can't make up my mind. I have on my... Let's see what I put. I have them third from bottom. Which is a really interesting way to say it, but at the same time, you know, there's ten teams, yes, seven, right? No, eight. Eight. Yeah. I don't know. I could see them finishing as high as fourth. Highest possible finish for this team? Yeah. Top four? Yeah, I think it would be fourth. Pushing for fourth? Yeah. Fighting for third? Yeah. yeah. Potentially. Potentially. I think it would be ninth. Wow, you would not be M towards that team. You're going to say ninth? Not that towards this team. I mean, the team you're putting the tenth. Oh, yeah. LG's tenth. Guaranteed? Guaranteed. 100%. No chance. No chance on it. Did you see my one, by the way? Like, no. No, I was going to put the casters instead. That as well. But you know, he's casting. He's in the league already for about like two months, right? I would excited about the cast until I like all my minutes. And now they are in the league just as well. I don't know. I think this team could be really good, but yeah, I'm not. I'm not really sure. Um, let's go to LG since we since we just talked about them. Well, you roasted them on me a little bit. Really? And where, where do you have them finishing? Oh, is that is that tenth on you? I didn't say it could be better than the tenth overall. Maybe they'll make some roster changes and make some improvements. Well, obviously, roster changes are different. Is there any way this team finishes outside of 10th with this current roster? Oh, uh, yeah. We could get to that. They could get 9th or 8th. Or 8th. Yeah, I can, think, I, could, I can see the team getting to 8th. You know what? Maybe they could be a trifecta. Like, you, you can give teams shit, but, like, on, on any given Sunday, we've seen it happen. Yeah, a team could be a team. And we've seen teams that have been at the bottom of the league. Teams at the top of the league before. Into it, and then I looked at the roster again, and now I just feel like they have to be 10. So let's break them down, right? Because yeah. Zaya on that team is the one person on there, like, okay, I'm fine now. Right? Zaya is in the mix in the solo lane. He knows how to play the game. He's been around a long time. Kiki So Chiki is the secondary player on this roster that we have here. And Kiki has played support before, mainly a solo laner, been a mid laner too. Kiki's the, the most, one of the 
most versatile pros in terms of actually playing the position and surviving the cut on multiple occasions and then getting into a new role. Yeah, uh, yeah, and he's, 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 he's been hanging on for a long time, and, and I do think that he deserves an SPL spot, but not by a lot, if that makes sense. Like, he's, he's on the line, in my mind. Oh, yeah, Mitchell Donis was a mid, one QP, getting replaced by Donis, and yeah, I saw him say In a heartbeat, sure. That is Joshi, new to the Pro League, this is going to be fresh air, minor league superstar, and he's rounded up the ranks. Superstar's pretty strong, don't you think? Minor league superstar is the same thing as saying he did well in the minor league. Yeah, sure. Minor league is kind of like Lasper as a minor league superstar, or Johnny, who like just dominated the minor league. Joshi was on the team already. He was on the team. Oh, okay. That doesn't mean he was dominating in the minor league. Okay. He did well. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying that superstar is a little strong for me. Well, to be fair, he's getting a shot. Right? He's getting a shot. Most of the time, what happens in the minor league is players from the minor league will get a shot if they come to the And this is Joshi's shot to prove that he's got a chance. And if he does well, then you can see him potentially get picked up by a different team in the future. Yeah, quite easy. Yes. Um, Oceans, seen him in the middle line before. A little bit. It was bad. Once upon a time, it was a horrible. This is what I was talking about. Mid laners have gone. It's like new people have gone to the mid lane this year that may have even played a little bit before. And we've seen this happen so many times, and most people have failed in it. They're trying to do this mid-lane conversion. It's failed more than it's succeeded. And the ones that succeeded are the ones that were generally in their role absolute beasts. Yeah. Like, they were, they were like, classes like the top two yeah, in their role. Yeah. I wouldn't even describe mid-lane teams as top two in his role. He definitely is a better mid-lane That is fair. He's definitely a better mid-lane That is very fair. But there are those details. He's only exiting for the little bit, in my opinion. Yeah, they're probably yeah. ready to go. What do you have on Mollusk in general? This is this is his season that we see him that we don't see him ever again. That's kind of what I mean. You are absolutely wrong on that. Like this is his this is his shot yeah. right here. The, the way people have spoken about Mollusk is like he has a lot of ability, but I have not really seen that ability in the competitive games I've seen him. His decision making, he just has not to get better. And that's where I find like it, I, I respect the pros' opinion when they call a player and go, "Yo, this guy's good." I'm like, okay. They said that about Donis for me, and that's when Donis first came out of the EU pros like, "Yo, keep it off this kid. He shits on me in every game." I'm like. Uh, and then he appeared, and I'm like, I'm ready for this kid. And I was pleasantly surprised that he's really good. Yeah, I know he's shocked because I was pretty wrong. People say the same thing about Moss because he's got ability, but I'm like, I've not seen it in the games I've seen. <sighs> I don't know. Uh, okay. And I think he'll be, he's going to be the first person that people are going to call out on the roster, I think, when well, things go wrong because Jungle is such an important position, as we were saying. Moss has one speed. And if the game is going really, really well, he will run you down harder than anyone else in the league. Like, he has Mirage Syndrome, where he will just go in, go in, go in. And I don't know who's the leader on this team to rein him in. Is it Kiki? He's a really, really good communicator. And that is an issue with this team, too, is that who is in charge? It's got to be Kiki. It has to be. It can't just be Mollusk. It can't be. Because if you let Mollusk take the reins, he's driving you off the cliff. But who's shot calling going to be? And the next guy in the jungle always is. Mollusk definitely is a good shot calling. Mollusk is very good at shot calling his pace. Right. The problem is, SPL teams, you know what, like, whenever Cyclone was, was at the group stages, mm-hmm. and they were just starting to get, they were just starting to, to get out of the scene and start to win a couple games, and they did it by just running you over and really good. It was a lot of Fenrir from Ice Ice Baby. It was yeah. a lot of aggressive plays. And Ener- they went up against Energy, and Energy just, like, literally hit, like, Frozone came out and froze them. And, and Cyclone just got picked apart to 
just dismantled at a le- and I wish that at an atomic level. This is one of the problems that I spent is that Alec Yip giving every concert a bomb for us because if they're going to play that playstyle time and time again, I just don't know how to Teams are going to stop them from playing that playstyle and then mid game is onto another battlefield, right? I was like, well, if KK's going to pick it up from the mid game onwards, you know, like after the later phase is over, what can DG do with the, with the foundation that, that's been created and can, can they adapt, you know? Yeah. Oh, sure, this is another player that hasn't played in a while. He subbed at one point last year and, and did not look good, but from what I understand, that was a last minute sort of thing. Uh, Actually, his stats were out at that point. Yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay. I got it. It was like a show. Keys, keys missed the game, and so Ocean stepped in. Okay. Uh, in, the, in the mid lane. And, uh, but you look at his past mid lane performances, they were really bad. I mean, he was a, he was a good hunter. He was a, a bottom tier SPL hunter, but an SPL hunter probably. But when he moved to the mid lane, it got really, really ugly, really, really fast. And so I just don't know that this is a, is going to be a super competitive roster. Unless Ocean's has spent the last year really learning how to play the mid lane, then maybe there could be a difference there. Maybe there's not a lot of work behind the scenes that I'm not aware of. But I don't know. I, I just don't see it. I think roster. Other thing to mention here, and generally we shouldn't, but I'm going to do it anyway, is that Elders have issues as an organization as well with this league. So maybe it's a bit trickier for them to try and get superstars on this roster because there's past experience. And this is a year that these guys get an opportunity maybe because of that too. Because they're willing to work with them, and for LG to you know get some uh, support back in their corner as well yeah. as time goes on. There's definitely a lot more factors to this team than just like these dudes, really. And I get that's the opinion, but there's a lot of back stuff behind that, right? Definitely, definitely a lot of a lot of uh, stuff out on the other side of that. It's just we're gonna have to wait and see on this one. All right, Shaq wants to talk about E United next. Who? E United. Who? E United. You good enough? Yeah, okay, cool. All right, cool. Vetti on the call-offs, Big Man Tings, Ice Ice Baby, and Benji. This team could be really, really good. Yes. I think this team could be a sleeper top three. Big issue on this team, though. What's that? Don't see a shot caller. And just uh, the, yeah, yeah. when I say we don't see a shot caller, and you're all like, well, these guys are great. They're great, but I don't think Callus was the in-game leader for Rival. I don't think Ice Ice Baby was the in-game leader for Rival. Or shot caller. I'm pretty sure it was Morphe Deathwalker for the most part. But Ice was definitely the secondary. But then when I look at this roster, like, Vetti and Benji are going to be doing their thing in their lanes, right? They've been teams have been together before, so let them do their own thing. Callus, Big Man, Ice Ice, maybe good news for this roster, and this is what I was saying, this is a lot of potential, is Ice Ice and Callus have worked together before on Rival and got to two finals back-to-back of the World Championships. That's impressive in itself. Yes. So they can bring that together, bring Big Man teams into that fold and work out some chemistry amongst themselves and how the shot calls are going to go. And then hopefully have Vettel and Benji join this fray and have the team fights work out. Because the play styles of where these teams have all come from feels a little bit different to me. And that's my concern with the team on paper. But they have real superstar potential. Yeah, Vettel, I think, is, is a guy that is thrown under the radar as one that has been a consistently good mid performer. How he's going to do online it, during the regular season, I guess, because I'm online now. Um, we'll, we'll have to wait and see how well he meshes with Kalos and with the rest of this roster. I think Big Man Tank still needs to expand the God Pool. Um, where it, United probably can't afford to be top twoing the Scoria every game, like Mouse had to do a lot of last year. He did great with it, and he was very, very good on, on the picks that he played. It just wasn't, it just wasn't a lot. The question is, is like, what does that big man team really have now that they've got his God Pool? Is that the team themselves saying, hey, why did that pick? 
a little bit. It doesn't happen a lot where B players can play those guards and hammer them in the guard pool, but the teams won't let them play it. Yeah. And last year, obviously, I think we saw that more often than we had previous seasons where teams were like deciding as a team what they were playing and not getting really a choice of variability from that. Yeah, I, I think that Big Man Tings could be the leader on this team, honestly. Um, you know, watching his stream a little bit, he's got a good line on the game. It is. And the reason it's a hard job is because he's got Benji and Vellian Kalasmas as baby who have all been very, very deep in world championship runs. Like, that made them one, at least a world champion, right? Yeah, but you look at season three luminosity. Mask comes off a ban, joins Jeff and Vera, and is the leader of that team. He was the in-game shot caller for that team. Yeah, so those sort of things do have a personality thing that you have to generally have all this and build. And if Big Man Tings has got it, great. But if he doesn't, it's going to take time to build it. Yeah, I think that Benji being invested and trusting the direction of this team is something that's not going to be easy necessarily. More with me, because I like to talk about like previous previous history of players is really important. Big Man Tings came in with the old, old, old roster. Oh my God, what was it? What was it? The handball at the time. It was Orioles. Like, they had his back over it was that Fanatic. Was it Fanatic? Was it Fanatic? Yeah, Reels played on Fanatic season two, right? I think so. Like, he, he joined Reels after Badger. Like, that, that was the replacement they brought yeah. for Badger. Yeah. And Badger quit. They used Big Man Tings. And Big Man Tings was on that roster with Zeros as well. And so he had some big name people who, like, overpowered him. And I believe he said that himself a little bit. I was like, you know, I came in young and, like, they had opinions and I followed their direction. Right. But he's been around big names before, so this is going to be helpful. That's going to be something a little bit helpful in going into the season. That he's going to be used to people maybe having a difference of opinion of how to play it and try to give him direction, you know? Yeah, I do think that'll definitely be a thing. And he's and he's been in the league long enough now that that's less likely to happen. What's the kid in my mind? Let's see if I'm producing on Rich. Um, yeah, sorry, I know that's hyping. No, you're good. Yeah. Um, Benji is already team with Benji before. They were on that heavy roster that went to Worlds in season two and did very, very well there. Um, I think that those two working well with the rest of this roster is going to be very, very important. Um, it'll kind of be the side lanes and then the, and then the mid three v three. That's how it is for a lot of teams. I just think personality wise, that's how it's going to be. I think it was real. It was from Worlds as well. Yeah, Enix. It wasn't for like. Oh, what's the fact? What's that one? I thought that was on Ryan, but I was like, no, it was not right. I was right. I'm the one who said Fnatic. I said it was a team of reels before we said Fnatic. That's what I thought. Uh, and that John Jim Andrew game that I'd yeah. start that out. No, no, I'm waiting. Come on now. Um, I'm always tired. You know what the best thing You know what the best thing about this roster is, though? You know what they've got going for them more than anything else? Big Man Tang's got his haircut. That's going to be huge for them. Has he? I believe so. Really? I think so. I hope I didn't just report false news, but I'm pretty sure he said that. Really? He looks human now? I'm so excited for it. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Look at that. How pretty is that? Oh, yeah. Dude, look at that. Yeah, he's a good looking guy. Yeah, look at it. He's chugging you guys across the table. Wow. But go to go to Harry. Cut the hair. Looks a million times better. So it's such a good call by him, gotta say. Um, he got through his emo dank period. That's what happened. Yeah, I don't know what he's having. I, I respect it. I do. Yeah. Uh, I will say now I'm growing my hair out a little bit. Are you? Yeah. I'm going to go say, I can just do this now. You can put it on screen if you want, but I'm going to do this this year. I'm thinking just about the. The old classic, just like oh, uh, the classic lazy Englishman. Uh, I'm thinking about winning this this year. Could be free. Yeah, that would be a, a look. It takes less work, that's why they do it. Just say that. I, I'm sure it just does. Let it grow out straight out, no problem. Yeah, yeah. that would uh, that would work great. Well, did you see Raven's caster fashion tier list? I did. I did. We're already at the bottom of that one. Yeah, I mean, it's, I, I, 
trainers by Kevin and Bye Bye. Anyway, and I even got the references when I watched the video book for the Must Be Risen video. Really? Did you not see the tweet? No, I, oh, I, I like, I, I skimmed through it pretty quickly. Oh, yeah. No, that was an easy one to go back at me because I couldn't find it. That was a good, that was a, a good, that was a good playlist. Yeah. Power Rangers, whatever you call it. Yeah, so I found the video. And then I realized that Rayfrom was actually in that video too. So oh my god, he is in that video. I know, there's Perry Michelle, and I'm like, okay, well, that's easy to come back. I'm like, what's the person you're all in that video? That's incredible. That is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, hell yeah. Anyway, that's, that's how I feel. Okay, next roster we'll go over uh, is Space Station Gaming roster. Uh, no changes to this team. Who? SSG Barragast, the squad. The boys. Do you think this team can still compete in this iteration of the SPL? to step it up a bit. That's my opinion of this team, though. Um, I think they can compete. I think they've got the experience from the days of old to the days of new. And I think this is a team that, if this was like season two and after the Worlds just happened and they formed this team that was all like loud and like this year's going to be, this is quality. Yeah, you're right. That's a good way to look at it because it's like, if Space Station had whatever roster last year, it was just Jeff Barra and, and maybe one of the other three. Yeah. And then they picked up the other two, you'd be like, oh man, watch out. Exactly. This team's going to be nuts. But because they didn't make any changes, it does have me feeling a little bit more lukewarm about them. But it will, especially because of how the, the end of their season finished, right? It wasn't going to blast. It was kind of a... Yeah, it was a... Uh, they got a the yeah. yeah. Um, Rob Daubert in chat said, is that Teresa May? Whatever you did here. Who's <laughs> she? Like, she's not important. Either. She can't even call it deal, so let alone. Like, don't stop that. We are the deal. I, I think that... <laughs> we are the no deal. Yeah, so tell me about it. I think that this, you know what? I was going to come in and really be pretty tough on this roster. Why is that? What's they done They didn't do anything good last year. Um, what, what, is, what is your version of good? Win? Win one game at land against an SPL EU team. And that is a big point, actually. Yes, maybe we should talk about that in more detail. Yeah, they can't be the EU team. They can't. Um, I don't know where that is. They beat up on Insignia with a sub. Does that count? Yeah. That's not a sub. That is a superstar. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Surprise that Mr. Casilla didn't make the SPL this year? Obviously, no. Why is that? Why is that? Well, I was just like, realistically, it's like, no, I didn't really pull that out. I mean, it could have been in the middle lane for all I know with how this season's going. Seriously. Imagine if you saw Mr. Chad on the mid lane. Is it a god? I should tell my god. The poor guy would just get. Excuse me. He would. Excuse me. He had two games of his life. Like he you. did. He did. And absolutely. And then he ran into, into the servers for a random SSG lane, and they literally cycle sure. one. And now he's got experience against good teams. Yeah. So they're going to play up. Right. Right. Like, right. right. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. The space station team, and generally the squad in general, for the most part, like, it's been an interesting one. Spring 2019, like, they were first place team there. Then they have Bastion, and then... Continuing through that, they had a pretty good year all the way through to Worlds. Yeah, here's the deal with this team in my mind. Vinayu has to step up his level of play because he did not play particularly well in fall. Um, Anister needs to replicate how he was playing at Summer Finals and through parts of the fall split, but also a placement. This team, with Anister plays really well, looks like a team that can that can compete with the top end of the SPL. When Anister has those bad games, they really, really fall flat. Like, it feels like the, the core of the team, and when we talk about core, support, mid jungle position, right? It feels like Space Station have the ability to know those roles, but I don't think they are. It doesn't always look odd when you're 
spectrum that, that they're all on the same wavelength and they've all got the same plan in mind. Yes, yes I it's feel very much like a scatterbrain situation of like the devil spots something, goes for it, communicates it, and you just try and join it. You know, like that's kind of where I'm like, well, this is slightly off. I'm not sure whether that's like not clearly enough or it's, it just doesn't seem clean and that definitely shows and it feels like that's where it gets abused by the media as well. Are you ready for the most interesting question I'll ask you today? Who's the best player on this roster right now? I'm going to Aquarius though. I agree with you. I think it's Aquarius. Do you agree on something? I think, I think Aquarius is fantastic a couple of years now. Is it not even two years ago? Yeah, I've heard back to you. Let's do that. Same play style. I think Barrage 
Podcast as his wife Ruth from Boca being one of the most interesting matches of the season. And you can't forget Josh and Katie. Now I like it, Kyle. I'm just telling you, you know, you're all making these one lines today where I'm like, no, get off me. I'll take them down the rabbit hole. Okay, so I'm going to no, tell that's, uh, that's sometimes what you got to do. Actually, I did change his name. What was it again? Oh, uh, his original name was Cobra Kai. Cobra Kai. Which is a really good name. The Karate Kid's a good movie. I thought it's a good name for a dojo. Yeah, but I kind of I was I don't want to. I was okay with it. But it is. I know Dan always complains that it's long and like unwieldy. Yeah. In some ways, and I can agree with that. But I know that you like plan into all these also because we're gonna like show handle some of them if we can because it makes it easier to say like the Aquarius Aqua. You know where he messed up? He put an extra A. If it was Atraxia, that sounds like a drug. Actually, I reminded him. Now the coaches will get upset. They feel like they don't get classified as being on the team. Yeah. Do, do, do. We get the mom. We get Mo. We get Slaney. We have four or five coaches anyway. I think uh, we're going to talk about Biggie. At least for now. And I think that's it, right? I don't know if Cardiac is still working with United. Not sure either. Um, Nick Obama said, "Yeah, I think we're going to talk about that." So that'll be we'll put the players in the chat on Colorado. For the way Triceps' team has appeared, and like we said, like very focused on streaming numbers for once again, and like going to be a social team for the most part. This team wasn't as much of a social team, even though it was growing. And the team said together is a good thing. I, I, I think the team, after what they did at Wells this year, the only way is up, right? The only way is up. Is it? Because they spent a lot of the year down and then played up for a couple weeks at, at placements and Worlds. They also have a bunch of solving them all, right? You always say that. Yeah, whatever solves them all, if they can do that. It, but here's the question. In a lot of these scenarios where a guy like PBM or dudes like Rival, um, teams that are consistently good energy throughout the years, those teams I say, well, they are really, really good at taking out the meta. But there are also teams that just kind of, the, the meta finds them. The meta just kind of stumbles in and happens to work really well with your play style. Sure. I'm not saying that is what happened to Tritecta last year, but there is. But until they prove to me that they can do it again, then I think that's a fair caution to, to be taking in that regard. You know what I mean? Like, we'll have to wait and see how good uh, this team is going to be over the course of a full year together. I think Paul and Sam have the potential to really just continue to rocket up the, the power rankings, if you will. I think right now, Second best man in the league. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like you, 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 the only person I think who has a, who has a claim of being better than him is Zeros. I have Zeros top and Paul second. I think you can make the argument that Paul's better. I think with what's, I think if he has another good year, yeah, yeah, he can definitely, yeah, he can definitely take that number one spot potentially. I, I think he's just got he's, he's this is like the best in the solo lane, the adapting of the of the jungle. You know, these are stars that will be able to dominate. Yeah, you know. 
Sam as he continues to get more and more comfortable. I'm really excited to watch him continue to grow. I, I want I want Sunday share to just have the team follow him. Yeah. That's what I want to do. Like play around Sam, let Sam do what he wants and continue that stride. I think that the supporting cast of this team as well, I think Neil Moore has slowly but surely continued to grind even deeper into it. He felt like he always had ability in that role. Yeah. And I feel like he's got a team around him now where he can start to do that more. Weakest member of this team is Zappa. Is it Zappa scary, but it's probably Zappa. And that's not in a nasty way of saying he's the weakest member of the team, but like it's a great position for him to be in, not to have to be the one that everyone's expecting to be the one to carry the team all the time. Yeah. It's always a rough role when you've been around so long that everyone expects you to be the superstar. And it'd be nice to just be part of the roster and that team as a superstar. Yes, I agree. I think that pressure being off him was good for him, but I think the pressure was also on him at the beginning of this year, and then he got benched yeah. and brought back. So. But that revitalization happened. It definitely did. I think that was, that, was a, that, was a, that was a big kick up the ass when they, when they dropped him. And then, oh, wait, what? I could get dropped? Yeah. Yes, this is where you fall into that friend. Stepping back up, yeah. Uh, that was the well. Start the season, in my opinion. Uh, guaranteed low look, like, guaranteed low look, like, or higher, let's put it that way, uh, because it's a team that has been oh, together more. Put them fifth or sixth. Yeah. Uh, fourth or fifth, I'm kind of at, because of the fact that they've, they've stayed together, and we've always seen teams that, you know, these are roster changes and stuff. At least these guys know each other. At least they spent worlds together. <laughs> That's true. Look at that, at least. That is true. Okay, last, but certainly not least, Team Dignitas. Uh, this team is one that I'm really, really excited to watch play because there have been such high expectations under this name throughout all of Season 5. They come into Season 6. They lose two of their superstars in Zeros and Arkill. Yep. Will that... I think that there's a reasonable argument. I don't think there's any argument on Earth that Adaraxi and Heroic are better individual players than Arkill or Zeros. However, I think that I, I would buy an argument that this team could be better with these two than they did with Arkill and Zeros. I feel this team on paper, like individually, these guys all deserve a world championship. Individually, because all probably kind of have shown the love of the game and the passion for it. I'm not trying to say all the players haven't, by the way, but some of these guys have been around a long time and been on the cusp of it so many times, multiple, more than Atalax, you know, season one. We've been all the grand all the way to the finals. Tricks and Kikiva, they've been around since the beginning with Spike and have consistently tried to get there and always be on the teams that might just do it this year and have variety and another move that was on teams that have hit the finals before too. But the Holy Wing is one of the pros that has consistently stayed in the Midland in North America. Yeah. They're being all pumped. They class as the worst and is still, in my opinion, top four in the league this year because not only because he's in the league, but because of the solid changes to the Midland roster. Yeah, I don't think it's any secret that, that Hurry is a player that uh, he's a pretty emotional player yeah. and, and can get on streaks, good or bad. I think this is the type of roster that can really pick him up whenever he's having a bad streak and set him up for a lot of success. I will say that Trips and Kiva this year, I'm, I'm excited to see Trips and Kiva this year because during that team of zeros and that super team they've had for the past two years, I feel like they changed their identity a lot in terms of their playstyle, specifically tricks here. Yeah. Like his playstyle changed drastically in terms of the gun selection he was using, how wide his gun pool was, what his decision making was. He took more of a backseat than he ever used to through the early seasons. He was the aggression the initiator game Kivo to play off the back of him. Wasn't as much these last two years. And I wanna see that spectrum get opened up again. I wanna see tricks be that to maybe play around a little bit more and get some support from Atalax and Hoyland to do that, you know, and have that ability to, like, hey, 
I don't want to pick somebody to tell you, like, it's not going to happen. I don't want to go somebody, well, no, yeah, because I'm going to pick and I can make it work. Look, zeros is oh, the best mid laner in the league. We were just talking about how he's at the very worst second. Yeah. But he's well known for kind of being the, the stifling force on creativity. Every team zeros has ever been on, they pick the same things game in and game out, and they win game in and game out. Over the end of the day, winning is the most important. Absolutely. And Zero's mentality is like, listen, this works. We can win games with this. We do. Why would we ever change it? And I completely respect that. Whereas creative players, let's look at the likes of uh, Splice. Sure. Let's just say Splice in general. Like, they're totally creative in what they came out with. Rival and another team last year. Rival or another team creative in terms of what they're going to bring to the table and how everybody had a closet pick. Everybody had these spicy things. You never really saw that with those rosters because it's all about winning. I get that from Zeros, but it's all about ways of doing it. And I think some of the members that were on that team with him struggled with that mentality of like, no, this is the way we play because we were like this. Right. Not let's experiment and see if we can bring something new to the table or something's going to surprise the opposition. Whereas I think Ataraxia and Heroin are two of the more creative players in the league. For sure. They all do that. Well, Eric Sank and Variety is a very creative player yes. in the solo lane. Yes. I, and, and there's a great point, I think, by the way, in the chat. Being outside the spotlight, not being considered the best or the second best and worst, I think it's going to help this team. I think taking some pressure off of them, getting them, you know, not under the underdog walls by any stretch, but out of the spotlight a little bit, I, I think this is a top three roster. This is, this is a team that you can, you can not to rip on, I don't want to say the word rip, but like you can put down in terms of like, hey guys, you're playing good in the table, but you're not all that great, right? And then they're going to give the attitude of, how, how offended are we that you call us mid-table? They're more like, suck it, Hindu. We're going to prove you wrong. Right. They're that sort of team. You know what I mean? Like, they're going to be the ones that are going to be like, okay, yeah, you think that about us? Watch me prove you wrong. What do you say in now, sir? You know what I mean? In a, in a positive light. Yes. And I want to see that grind out of that team, and I'm excited to see if they can do that, too. It should be a lot of fun. I, I really think that this roster is going to be really, really strong. I'm excited about this roster. I agree with you. This is one... Going back to, to me being a biased caster, this is a this is a team, dude, that I can totally yeah. root. You know what? The more I mean, so I had an actual prediction as well. Like uh, on these teams, I actually put PlayStation just above this team, and the more I think about it, I think, oh, I, I, I think this is for the first part of the split, by the way, not for Worlds. Right, which is okay. for the first part of the split, I've kind of got Knights number one, Splice two, Rival three, SSG four, Dictatus five. Is where I'm at. Right. And I think after just talking about three years, well, I really did. I have already agreed in my head that I should have had bigger, a little bit higher than that for sure. But I'd rather put them low, as we were saying, because let them prove me wrong and then find my face, which is fun. Yeah, now that we've gone, gone over all of the rosters, um, before we get into the season six patch notes, uh, can you link your, your tweet in chat so yeah. that people can take a look at your, your power rankings? And I want to go over those a little bit because you were saying that you wanted to uh, show can to explain you some of your, your sure positions can. a little bit. And the one thing about this is why it's always personal opinion, right? Of course, yeah, yeah. Like, at the end of the day, no, this is actually gospel, you guys. And if you disagree at all, then you're banned from Smart Forever. That's how this No, no, that'll be my next prediction that I do. Because oh, okay. it won't be a power rating, it'll just be a tier list of actual skill. Because I'm just going to take that statistics. Okay. Right? If I just take every single pro player statistics, they can't tell me I'm wrong because the statistics are there to prove their shit. Yes. Isn't that a win? Yeah, there is. Wouldn't everybody like that? I don't think the pros have liked that that much. Maybe not, but we'll have to wait. You know, we can do it. Okay, so I'm going to go through and, and tell you some of the sure. ones that I disagree with, by the way. Which is great. Right. And we'll see where... Which ones are going to be rolled by rolled, because this is... Yeah, I'm going to roll by roll. Yeah. yeah. Right, so the most part, it's, it's to do with where I position them in terms of their role. Sure. Against each other. Like, do I think... If I had to take a world championship 
roster tomorrow and try and make a run at things, I would take everyone in the number one spot on my team. So that would be Arkham or Zero Rose and that team, Benji. Oh, you have Benji number one. Okay, oh, I think, no, 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 okay. We're starting to talk Jonathan Farmer off. Um, I think Baron and Zap, I think Zap is too high. He had a really, really good world run, but he also, at the very beginning, if, if you remember why Trifecta lost to Insignum, mm-hmm. it's Zapman. I mean, Zap had a horrible performance in that set. Sure, the rest of the team did as well, but I think Zap really set them off on the wrong foot. So I would move Ataraxia. I love Zapman. <laughs> didn't mean much better than that. Sorry, I just think this in chapter is fine. No, that's fine. We know they got this. Yeah, that's LG at the bottom, and uh, I probably won't be disagreeing until we get the solo. Well, to be fair, with how that roster's up, you might actually move to, like, eight right now, like, if they can do that now. Just oh, because I think there's a play Nick. They've never played it like that. I think like, I know I've got Adam Yara Zeus one trade. Like, that. I got that in the pocket. Uh, I think I'd move Ataraxia at least to fifth. No, I, I think I do keep Baron there. I think I put Vettium above. I think I got Zapman seven, Vettium six, Ataraxia five. A lot of this is to do with, like, how their most recent year has gone to, and how their performances went. Not just, it, there was no share of everything, right? Sure. Yourself, but, like, Arco, I think Arco is the player in that role that I want most of the time. Cyclone may drop in the list because of his world's performance. Absolutely. But realistically, like, I, I could definitely see it. That, uh, everything is open for debate, but, like, I can see Vogue being number two. Yeah. Vogue can even fight for number one. I think those are definitely going to be clear top three for me. I agree. Then there's a gap. Yeah. And you're looking at Barazat, Artilatia, Vatium. Fumble is on a different gap after that with Roe and with Hono for Hiroshi Joshi. Yeah, they're down further down the list. Yep. But I'm not going to like put big gaps in between. I'm just like, look, this is how it would work out for me. Yeah. Um, that, role, that role definitely is a little bit more clean cut than others. Yes. If we go in the midline, that's also a really clean cut role as well, actually. Yeah, we'll go there in a minute. Yeah. Let's do support real quick. Sure. I'll look down the list. Uh, I think PBM is too low. And I think Trick Tank is probably too low. I think, you've, I think you're overvaluing Raffer. On this list again, I, I do. I just think I think support is stacked. I, I think overall the value I did that once you championships. We're talking about going into this week. No, no, but like this, it's not just like a power ranking. It may be a. It's based off of the way my power rankings have always worked was it was based off a clean starting point of like okay, this is roughly my opinion, but based off how well they've done recently versus not recently. I get you, but PBM has won a world championship more recently than Rafa has. Sure, and I think is. I just don't see him being the fifth best support player. It's also the role for me to support player too. Whereas I feel like I'm getting, you can get everything from Aurora, and I feel like I'm getting most of everything from Kalista. Yeah, I, and I, I, I don't know, man. Support is just really sad. I think mean, support is probably, like, I thought probably the best. I thought you got it nice. Like, yeah. like, come on. Like, it's uh, on paper, like, the outside been around for a while, sure, but, like, I thought it'd be nice. It shows how stacked support really is. Yes, and it's really, really, really stacked. And, and most of these, like, I, I can just put a gap in my desk and go, okay, so Aurora, Kalis, and Ozzy, Rafa, Polygon, like, boom, one squad. Right, yes. Then a gap and have Jeff Trick. If you were to do it by Grandmasters, Masters, Bronze. Bronze, yeah. I'd, I'd, if I pull up right now as Bronze, I'd be very excited about it, but I don't think the fact that Wood player would be themselves. No, almost certainly not. But he would have no five would all be good. I don't know complete the game, but only DM would be in that game. Right, he's the only one who's going to be that. Faker, you know. Faker would be great. Master. So, this thing about Captain Twix, I should like to put Tay Celsius, right. which has never casted a moment in his life. Right. So, if we just put Faker in there, he's never played Smite before. That's the same thing I've said. Yeah, that's yeah. 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 um, it. Support is just the, the most stacked role in the FPL. Yeah. Now, if you're, if you're a minor league support, yeah. good luck because uh, you're, you're going to have a hard time. Yeah, yeah. There's a clear 50 50 split almost here. I've got. Zero Rose Paul, which you agree with as well for the most part, that goes to the yes. top. Yes. Muslim in third, who's a great form 
fantastic, sounds beautiful, sounds uh, Hollywood Mexico is fiery, Manny. That's where I would switch between my sex and life. I think and oceans are all going to be in a little comp together. And yes. also at the top of that pack, because I've seized Joe Lopez more recently, and I feel like I'm going to I don't care if I'm going to I think you've got to put hot If you're going to glue together all of the ingredients, I think you have to put Panda above everybody. I don't play like, no, Panda's not as low or like Jordan's a point, man. Like, I put them both down. It doesn't make a difference. They're both just as shitty. All of those are in a group together. Good morning, Brew. Yes, this podcast is on SoundCloud, iTunes, and 
or so whenever I had the chance to, to hold it out again this time. Um, Alright, so it's time to go over some 6.1 update notes. Hang on, before we do that, real quick. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Let's just have a last little look at the rosters again here. Yeah. You've got OG Bomb. I do. Washington makes two bomb teams. And I want the next two. Because it's easy to look at the top and go definitely possessional when you're definitely possessional top three. <laughs> Which of the other two bomb teams on that list? And that's where on my power because you've got my list there where I've got trifecta. Yeah, right? yeah. Yes. I've got trifecta and I've got. I think the swings are so big. I think from, even from trifecta could be like top get to the third position. No way. I think that trifecta can't get to three. They could. Come on. They could. <sighs> they could. I think my the seventh place team or eighth place team. So season six is coming. We're going to discuss it a little bit more in detail, but there's one little thing that's come to solo lane this year, right? Where I think we may see more jungle presence in the solo lane again. Yeah. Towards the start of the man, towards the start of the year. If you look at the jungle solo position, of which two may have bigger influence over the others, that's where that predicted how this is plays out this year at the start. Maybe. You with me? So I look at it, we can, he was very good at that solo map. He was. A long, long time ago. Yeah, he also had, had cycle day in the solo lane instead of Ducky. Ducky gets all the assistance from Weak in the same way as I can't do it, and then Ducky goes, Yeah, I can play like this. No problem. Exactly, that's why I'm like, That is the interesting call there. It's like, Yeah, I'm doing that. Yeah. Alright, this one's fun to bump. Alright, I'm going my eighth place team. I'm gonna go. I think I have to go Renegades, but I really, I'm, I kind of want to put uh, a surprise team there. That's just I kind of want to put like E United there. Starting bronze, yep, and then grind up. I'm down for that already. No, 
I thought they liked that idea. Starting Blondie, you can't bring up the clan out Blondie, what's the true, true skill coming out of here? Because the Blondie's all against you all the time. And everybody's a Blondie to start with. You're a real cream of the couple, right? Yes. And I'm down to it. Now he's having Chris TP though, when he's a soft reset, so it's all. So for the average right player who plays a lot, it's a good thing for you if you are struggling in the gold divisions to really get a real feel of where you get, how you're doing. Uh, for the higher level players, it's not going to make too much of an impact. Enjoy your attack rather towards nine as time goes on. But specifically, sure, so maybe there's a little bit more competition. Yes, that's right. Um, okay. How about the. This is a big one that I've seen very little discussion on from the community mm. the kill bounty adjustments. I think it's because people don't understand the maps that well. Because there is a formula to it. I think there is a formula. It is a little bit more complex. I don't think that the form. It's basically going to benefit you if you are behind more than if you're ahead. Correct. For the most part. Um, if you kill someone who's got, who's on a streak, basically you're going to re- reward you with more gold, more experience. Which is, I guess, the way we look at it is a combat mechanic. Yep. Um, which games all require for the most part to try and keep them even and not like stomps and snowball effects. Uh, I was always against high level experience in combat as well anyway that you'd ever kill a person. It felt like I could have killed a small heartbeat at the back camps and got the same amount of experience. Right. And that's not with farming someone into zero nine status in my eyes. It was like, yeah, that's all you got. I'm glad you get more of a reward for it. Um, I'm also glad that it's not too much from what I can tell. Yeah, do you think that this will change the competitive meta at all? The big one is it, it's it's a little bit less for gold, but there's yeah, really nice. less of a boost for gold. Mm-hmm. You're going to get a lot more experience now for killing someone who is far ahead of you in XP, which is good. Do you, yeah, do you think that it's going to change the way that we, uh, the pros play the map at all? Why just get the kills? Extreme Man is running right in front of our camera. It's fine. Maybe yes. I cut the slide. Yeah, you're still trying to pull the extreme slide all the way back. You gotta get it yeah, just right. so you know, right? You didn't see him on the screen there. So you went across and then chose to crawl back. Well, that's more extreme, though. Uh, yeah, so I'm not surprised uh, an extreme slide through. Okay. If you're going to play in front of me, just go for it twice. I mean, there's a lot of good grounds. Like, why, why do you want to play with me? I can just do experience. Uh, will it change them that much? What, did you want to just like someone pop off all game and then go, okay, I now kill for the experience game? Yeah. Do you think that it will make people more willing to take these away matchups because the XP they are losing aren't going to matter as much if you get the kill later on? You know, more passive lanes, guardians, Kali solo, you know, whatever. I, it depends how much of an experience game this was really going to be and can you guarantee you're going to get that experience back and it's going to be okay in your favor? Like, I, I don't think it's going to make as much of an impact. And I think there's still going to be some people that's going to help, and it's going to be a talking point potentially. Um, I don't know if it's going to be enough. It's, that's going to be a real feels thing, I think. I like the hard numbers are easy enough to say, but it's going to be a real feel for the game of, like, when I kill someone, how much experience in the game. Am I hitting level two, three quicker? Yeah, right. Like, I think that it, you're totally right. I don't think it'll change the way the competitive is played. I think that just it will feel better to play. Yeah. It'll be one of those hidden changes that you don't really feel all the time, but you're just like, oh, for some reason this feels better, and you never really think about it. I will say it's going to be an excuse to press F7 for the F7 warriors out there. Like, no, 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 guys, I just killed the guy that's right to the zero. I talked about this with Finch on the last Salvation podcast, yeah. and I hate that. Well, F7 warriors. I hate it. I, I, I'm okay with people F7, and if they want to continue playing the game, and they're, they're going to give me a reason for doing that, right? Like, if, well, I, if they say, listen, I think we're still going to show I'm about to go my next fight, but even if you go, even if you had a hard fight, you're like, no, you're an idiot, we're not going to come back from this. Let the dude, let him think that way. It's his ability to play the game, too. Sure. Right? He has a vote. You're all equal in the eyes of the F6 and F7. But let me tell you, 
So we need help. Why did the guy who's 0 and, and 13, and should my, should my 0 and 19 do away get the same amount of leverage as, as I have? That is very fair. That is, it, so if, if your joy has spent to high heaven and given away 20 kills in the game, right, and the rest of your even bottom joy is gone, should they have the same side? No, I can see the point. I don't think that there I is. I the point. I don't think that there is a, a, a fix for that, but they never will be. Pettiness is it's frustrating when you get stuck in the game and you think he's dumb. I enjoy the fact that when I hit the F6 bullet, we work SF7, and then we continue playing the game for 20 minutes. I'm like, wow, really glad this game continued and we didn't spend enough time. That makes sense. And, and, and here's the thing. Like, you know, you'll try to start the game at 10 minutes because you know you're down 6K already. Yeah. And the only way you win is, in an, is you have to drag it out for 40 more minutes in a 50-minute game. And I'm like, look, I would rather lose now than win 50 minutes from now. I think I don't care about it. The most important thing I generally do, like, I know my own play style, I know my tendencies and where my weaknesses are, which is being overly aggressive and hanging around on two health trying to make a play for fun deals. Sure. Uh, when I should pace. You know what I mean? Like, I do that a hell of a lot of the time, probably way more than I ever should. But I can watch a player play the game for a few seconds in terms of, like, being in the lane with them, see some decisions they've made, and go, oh, we've got that right. Yeah, exactly. You know I, mean? like, I can see that from a support level watching a hunter do it, and then I'll go, okay, well, hunter's done, let's go on mid. Go and see the mid laner. Look at what he did, and go. Oh no, we're still going there too. Or I'm a jungler here. Oh no, my whole jungler is up, so I'm going to have to take it. Right. And my jungler is not doing anything. So that's when you're like, yeah, this game's already done. Yeah, you know, I need to feel it. But um, okay, a, the, a big change coming to the season six map. It's a new solo lane objective called the Totem of Two. How about a reload? I don't know. I'll watch it out. Go for it. Solo lane is getting a new objective. The Polynesian god Ku is looking for a powerful warrior. And what better way to gain his favor than showing your strength against the enemy solo laner? For the first 15 minutes of the match, a totem will appear in your solo lane. Players can attack this totem, and after enough damage is dealt, the totem will favor a team. Towers for that team will provide an empowering aura that boosts movement speed and mana regen, giving solo laners a direct way to help and impact their team during the early stages of the game. <laughs> so, to put it, giving us some actual details, yeah. it's located behind Fire Giant, right by the, the middle entrance of the solo lane. Uh, the Oscar entrances, by the way, we should talk about that too, because the entrance has changed. That's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't think it's going to be a difference with the entrance change, I guess, because of how this block is doing. Yeah, probably not. Probably not too much, I feel, but it is going to change dynamics a little yeah, bit. a little bit. Uh, so it'll have a, a base health of 300. Mm-hmm. Its health increases by 250 each time it is successfully taken, so it's real easy right off the bat. Yeah. And then it gets pretty difficult pretty quickly. Uh, it has 15 physical protection, 10 magical protection at the base. Spawns in one minute and respawns one minute after it is successfully taken. So you get this buff for a minute, right? Once you take it, yes. You get a buff from it around the attack. And here's the buff we should let them know. Yeah, Five percent yeah. uh, movement speed. Okay. Twenty-five MP5 and plus twenty-five gold to each member of your team. I think, and it lasts for ten seconds once you leave your tower. The most important thing out of that list is the movement speed. Second thing, movement speed is going to be most important outside of gold, I should say. The gold is the most important in my eyes, sure. followed by the movement speed. Half a ward, though. <laughs> yeah. But this can spawn X amount of times. That's yeah, the issue. It spawns in one minute, so that you can take it 14 times if you do it. So let's take one minute because it would be 13. Oh, well, that's, that's where the issues come from, right? Like, uh, how many potential there is. If we say 10 is a nice safe number, it's a good easy one to work with, right? But if you can take that 10 times, that's 250 gold per person. Yeah, but there's no way someone can get it 10 times. How is Why not? It's gonna in- its health increases by 250 each time it's taken. Sure. So you, if you do what, what is too long, I think, on the phone, because I'm not 
like that after that. So if there was no tick, like one or two games for a lot of players, especially me, I because like I'm lazy on my screen. I'm not lazy. I'll just sit in base and, and talk about my entire build throughout the entire game and how that's going to impact the way I start. I need to just get faster. So I, 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 my life, I have this all the way around. When I said lazy base, I'm kind of debating with myself about what I want to go for this game. Right. And so sort of that initial sign is my ability, but okay, especially as a sports team, like, do I want shell? Do I want heavenly? Yeah, do I want to get up right away? So I'm going to go boots into spear the magus, yeah. into what next? Do I really want to start magic focus? Should I start lost artifact? Like, all, all those things. So I think it's pretty, pretty mellow. Let's talk about how people go into a game and think about it. Let's get to what should we be looking at? Like, who's on my team? What should I be building for this guy? What my team is potentially looking to build? How's my lane going to go? Do I need more potions this lane because I know I'm against a person with their potion? Or is it right. just going to let me fall? Yeah. Right. That's definitely you just got to start a little bit earlier on the loading screen for me, but there's a good change overall. Definitely, definitely. Um, okay, Gold Fury changes. This one's going to be fun. Okay, so now the Gold Fury has two additional forms. The first will always, the first spawn of the Gold Fury will always be a regular Gold Fury. And so that, that won't be any different. But each spawn after the first will be randomly chosen from the other two Furies, but it will avoid repeats. Mm -hmm. uh, there is the Oni Fury, which on the next round of minion spawn, all minions in all three lanes will gain bonus damage increased to 150%, bonus health increased 50%, and they get a ton of magical and physical protection. So basically, super minions. That every single one of your lanes in the, in the first wave that spawns after you take it. Now, just to be clear as well, that benefit that those super minions are going to have will affect fire minions too. Yes, it will. So, so if you're like fire minion wave, dummy big wave, that then you go take an army fury, that next fire minion wave that spawns will have you strong. So here's where my. Uh, I should probably know this, but do fire minions. Is there is there increase in damage and health percentage based or is it numbers based? Because if it's percentage based and it's calculated the correct way, this then this boost to 150% bonus damage. If that's calculated before, and then the fire minions get their percentage increase, they would be insane. And that's why I think it's not percentage based. I actually think it's numbers based. Mm -hmm. it's numbers based. Yeah, yeah. and that's, that's why they're designed to be on percentage based right. to break it apart. Sure. I think, like I suggested a pitch for those limiters, which I would like the fire minion wave just to spawn. Right. But the way they've done it, they've actually gone, well, you know what? Let's not give them a fire minion wave. They can even empower their fire minions as well to make it more of a related thing. So I'm kind of with it. For the right. Most part. I think it's a strong wave. And uh, the idea behind this is that you get this wave, you walk and fall back to base real quick, and then seek. And I like, you put pressure on them to clear waves. Very hard. Because if you don't clear waves, you're probably going to lose a tower. Yes. Or even two. And if the group team groups up on, like, say, left hand lane, and then all the three minion waves are just pushing the right. This is pressure on that lane to break up teams that are trying to, like, you know, see just fight and fight. Um, I think it's a really good goal theory. I think it's going to be interesting to see what teams, teams can do with it. How it's fit stat-wise, I think there may be adjustments. We'll see. Yeah, I think that this could either be really, really, really strong or really underwhelming. And I, think I don't why, know which one it is. And that's why I'm like, I want to see it in practice of how it feels. Like, yes. The question is, how quickly does it kill an enemy minion wave or flat minion wave? Right. The Oni theory, without a doubt, is always going to be more valuable, though. Well, maybe not actually. Because I was going to say, it's always going to be more valuable in competitive play in comparison to casual play because teams will be very coordinated on how to back and push. But at the same time, maybe the the competitive players will be better at spreading out and taking down these waves without giving up too much of the map than the casual players will. So that's, that's what I'm actually, I think, I think everyone, like, to be fair, I think the immediate reaction from most people, like, 
get in a wave, pick up all the fights, and that's where on the casual level people will fight them, and it's going to cause problems. Yeah, on the competitive level, people are like, all right, cool, let's go these ways out. No, they can't. Yeah, you can just get dog dogs, give out rotations, whatever. Or other people will just fight, but I didn't tip. Yeah, exactly. That's what will happen at that level. It'll be interesting. Or there'll be two pelting, and the ending games of the round, which will be built as well. So is that like goals off? Those are the body fury while the enemy team is trying to take fire. The fire giant dancer still going after a golf ball that was down. Left hand minion that just pushes all the way and takes up the titan. It could have got to clear those titans. Or got to clear those minions with a really good second. That's what I want. That's what I want. Then there's also the primal fury, which will give the following reward. All gods on the killing team gain 5% damage, increased damage to jungle camps and bosses which stacks up to three times. So if you take three Primal Furies, which would be very, very hard to do because you have to knock down other Gold Furies and Oni Furies in the, in the downtime yeah. in between, but you will hit Future Furies harder, so it will make it a little easier. Like that. Your buff camps go down quicker, and Fire Giant and, pu- and Portal Beam go down quicker. On, on paper, I'm kind of like, sure, you're probably going to get 5% bonus with this amount of at normal game, maybe 10% on the push. Um, I think you had 10% swing evil, right? As in, like, you'll have 10% more damage against fire jumping, maybe. Um, like you said, though, the issue is is that the RNG of the rotation, you can't have a Primal Fury then another Primal Fury spawn. Right. So if we take away the time to kill an objective and say Gold Fury spawns in five minutes, yep. right? You kill the first Gold Fury, it spawns in five minutes, and you get this Primal Fury. Five minutes later, you're going to get on your Gold Fury again. That's a 15 minutes. You kill that in 20 minutes, maybe you'll get Primal Fury. So there's a chance you can get by 20 minutes and you kill them off cold without pretty much by the time you're going to have 10% of this. If, it, if the luck falls your way. Yes. Right? And then 25 minutes, you can't get it. So 30 minutes. You're looking at every 10 minutes of being able to get this in potential. the real world right. for this to work. So by 30 minutes, you may have 15%. And 30 minutes, you're looking to close the game out too. The idea of this golf unit feels like to me is to make sure it helps close the game even quicker if they be. And that's what it's there for, and clearly that's what it should do. Um, I don't know. 5%? Nah. 10%? Alright. It's, it's an impactful thing. Yeah, again, it's so hard to judge how good these are going to be in competitive play, but I'm excited to watch them. Um, and do remember this gold, by the way. Exactly, like, that's what I'm saying. Instead of the uh, instead of the full gold reward that Gold Fury gives, decrease the base gold reward from 150 to 115, and decrease gold, increase per minute from 6 to 5, Excuse me, so the, the exact same XP rewards from Gold Fury. So you're still getting uh, a good amount of income, income right? But it's still not the, the same amount as a traditional Gold Fury. I mean, here's, here's the trade off, right? You get a 5% buff for, what, 35 less gold. Would you lose 35 gold for a 5% buff against Jungle Camp? I, I would. Yeah. 5% permanent buff? Yeah. What if it became a 10% buff? Like, that's where the value wraps up with that. And it's also, this is, this is pretty cool. You can track the status of the Primal Fury buff for each team, and there will be torches above the Orbeans. So they're really cool. Are they? They're, they're like um, braziers, braziers. Right. Yeah, they're above it, and they're just like light up to your side to show your team's got it. Um, just to show how you've got it as well. So there's good indications of the map of when you get these objectives for the enemy team, too, which is kind of cool. That's going to be awesome. I like it. Uh, there's also a torch visible above the Pyromancer that becomes one to indicate that a buff is active and which team currently has it. So that would be nice for some clarity. Uh, okay, Fire Giant. Um, some different Fire Giant the mechanics. Pool. The pools are back. The back. They don't hit minions. I said that's That's anymore. That's changed anyway. But I wasn't sure about that. The, the hats. I did ask about Fire Giants about that because I was like, hang on a minute. Is it back on the pools again? Because Kitties and Wackasaur are minions. They go like hell to me. Yes. Um, 
and uh, an enhanced fire giant just gives you an auto rotation. Yeah. Uh, the goals as well, I feel like they, from what we explained and what we put on the notes as well, I think it's a little bit easier to work with the more useful. I, I still think you raise it a little bit. Damage fighting is going to take a little bit less than you would with the original pools. But I'm also pleased that they did that because I feel like fire giant is very easy. Very easy and very easy to like predict what's going to happen. You know it's just raw damage that's taken. There was no real like, okay, slide to your left. Stand still. Okay, slide to your right. Stand still. So you're basically doing a jump shot slide. You tank the boss well done, but at least his pools that way you can make a mistake or get thrown into by enemies, you know, approaching. Or the enemies can have trigger too, which is a good thing. I'm totally going to get a ranked hand this year, like turn on my, my team comp and be like, take it back now, y'all. Like, right as the, right as the, right as the, right as the, also some changes coming to the jungle camps. Basically, they're going to be a little bit less tanky uh, right off the bat, yeah. but increase in tankiness as the game goes on. As a support, I'm not going to try. Yeah, it's not good for support. support it's going to make it trickier the longer the game goes on for support to do camps, and that's the time that we can get a cheeky camp or two. It is like towards the mid to late game, where they don't need to farm anymore, so they don't care much, and you can get that experience in your own. It's going to be so much harder to kill them, where you're like, oh, oof, that hurts. It'll be harder, yes, but for now, we will be able to, like, Mercury one yeah, shot. Yeah, for you guys, you know, like, you, you guys, like, mm-hmm. have to go fight a camp where we'll sit here for half a year. Yeah, so I, I don't want to get into the support tiers. Uh, I'm just well. saying, like, that one is kind of a little bit rough for support to get into. Sure, I think that's better spec. It works out very fair, but support gets pooped on with that a little bit. Does that have any NOI from a support? No, no, you have to understand this because what I'm doing is going to slowly start fighting the argument that we get to build down into a support. No, no, no. Because now we're like, hey, we're going to build down into play this camp. So, going back on surrendering, the easiest way to get me to surrender is when I press tab and I see the enemy support is the same level as me. I'm out. Yeah. As soon as that happens, get me out. I'm done. Run away. Yeah, if a backer's counter goes with damage because he's going to go through playing the boss and jumping on Yusuf every time because... That's the year we're looking. I'm scared. Yeah, I'm so scared. Oh, I'm excited. Excited. We'll, we'll get there. Uh, I, on the items, going to skip all the non conquest stuff because I don't care about it that much. I mean, to be fair, it's, it's only blessings real quick, but those blessings weren't OP in those other games. I was just because like, one of them was. Attackers are really OP. It gets a little bit of a nerf. Defenders and specialist blessings as well. That changes. Cool. Gotcha. There you go. See, it's not simple. I'll pass it. Uh, Warrior's Blessing. Basically a revert to yeah. the old stuff from Warrior's Blessing. It was it was good, but people didn't think it was good. So mm-hmm. it got buffed, and then it was nuts, and then it got nerfed, and no one bought it. So they were putting it back to where it was, but people say it's too good. No, it's, it's in between. Yeah, yeah, I think it's, it's in between. So we'll, we'll see how that works. Oh, the way you waited that, then it was definitely yeah. a chance. Um, horrific Emblem, this relic was... I saw some pros talk about this. Busted for a long time during the year. I don't know, you know, because some people... Some people I've seen on streams, I can't remember the names of them, but people said, like, this got nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and nerfed and Like, it was good, but there was other support items. That's what I'm hearing from. That's what I'm from Marvel's are like, it wasn't the be-all and end-all. But it was insane. I mean, I think I think it was pretty dominant and potent. I think it was absolutely a nerf. It, it just did everything for you. It, it, it did absolutely everything. It's still going to do stuff, though. It's still going to be very, very good, and I still expect it to be picked up. Just increase the slow from 40% to 30%. I'm going to lie, 40%, 40% slow on anything always feels rotten yes. for the, against the player. When you get hit by a 40% slow, you feel it. And most of the slows that are 40% are ones that are either tricky to connect with and get onto the person or ultimates. Yes. Like, that's where, like, 40% should be from my point of view now. Decrease the attack speed slow from 25% down to 15%. This is really good because attack speed slows are unfuckable. Like, they just, yeah, you can't right, you just have them. Yeah. And, and so, 
control right now, I think is pretty fair. And then on the upgraded version, uh, all of those numbers uh, stay a bit about the same. Uh, the slow only stays at 30% even when upgraded. The attack speed slow remains at 25%, so you still get that upgraded. Yep. Yep. And then the uh, the damage dealt debuff from 20% to 15%. I think it's fair. Is there more investment into this? I am now going to lump by one the way you upgraded version because it's still going to be useful. Uh, the damage debuff definitely impactful. The tailor damage and death attacks on damage debuff is huge. Huge. Uh, 15%? Sure. But I'm okay with a bit of a touchdown. Yeah, I agree. Okay, you ready for the fun part? Yeah, let's go because it's your consumables, and it is time for the elixir of speed. Yeah, the conversation. There, I, I have not been as excited about that in a long time. Why are you so excited about this? Because I think this, this opens up so many avenues for so many different roles, and I'm excited to see the creativity of when people are buying this, where, where do you fit in your build, what point is the right time to do it. But only does it consume your boots. All it does is consume your boots. Like, I, think, okay. I think it's only when you look whatever you're doing. Like, Ready to go for your sixth item to be replaced yes. with boots. When you are at a full build, and I mean full build as in you've already sold your blessing, bought an item in that slot, and I'm like, okay, I guess I just have to buy power pumps all the time. Right. The moment you don't buy those four or five of your power pumps and go around and do everything else, and you actually buy once now for the first time this game, yep. you should be probably aiming for this 2K to sell your boots and work towards the new item. I think. But even then, you need more than 2K. How much do you sell boots for? They're 15.50, so it's like 11. It's like 1100 I think it should cost that, though. I think we should make it cheaper. No, sure. I, I want to see this. I want to see this more. You're going to see it. And I don't think we need to see it. The cheaper you make the cost, the more battle there is of like when you would purchase it. Maybe you maybe you sell your boots and replace it before you sell your blessing or something like that. But That's I'm, cool. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't see a reason to do that. Like, I think this is a really just nice little niche end game ending ability of like, hey, I'm full build, I've got all this gold left, what do I do with the gold? Because what do you do with the gold left? Because here's the problem, though. Okay, so let's say I want my sixth item on the mage. I want my sixth item to be Rod of Doom. Okay. And it's 3,300 gold. I also now, I'm going to sell my boots, I'll get 1,000. But I have to have 4,300 gold in inventory to buy the elixir and the rod at the same time. And that's a lot. Oh, no. That's a lot. So what the point of this should be is that you get the 2,000 gold to be able to... You get a thousand gold in your inventory to white. You got a thousand back. You, you break even with a thousand gold, right? Because you have to buy for two thousand, bought and sell your boots to get that. Right. right. So you need about a thousand gold to get yeah. that. That's the slot opened up. And after that thousand gold, you want to at least get probably a tier one item in there. No, you need a. I think you need a full tier three. Do you? Probably, yeah. They're, they're all, you just like hold up. You just want to buy first buy. That's yeah. all. That's what I mean. I, I like. Because you use the stats for the boots. You use the stats for the boots. That's the big thing. I don't think that there is any way that people will skip boots. That you shouldn't be skipping boots. Because boots are the most cost efficient. Do not skip boots. It is not worth it. It's not worth it. Whether you're a jungler or a mate, the same amount of boots. Yes, I agree with all that. I think that if I'm in that exact scenario that I was describing, and I want rod, I need 4,300 gold in order to do that, I would rather just buy a 3K pump. It's more damage. Let's think about what. What would you have? Would you have shoes? Let's say shoes to focus. Yeah. So we've got cooldown gone, right? Yeah. So the biggest thing you're really using that is going to be the cooldown. And the power. Oh, you're right. Our power is at 40. The power is. The cooldown boots. Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking you would doubt that brand. Let's go easy with a caster because, like, the spectators you bring up what you want. What was that? I just, like, yeah, whatever. It was not a. It's not fully functional. Yeah, no, it's not. It definitely is not. So I'm not looking at chat because I don't want you guys to tell me that you're doing that. Chat's already done. Stop it. I'll work it out before. I'll work out before. 
pretty sure I'm like whatever. So it's got power like pretty well a mod rank, right? Right. So give me a fifteen five. I was right. Yeah. Did you win the seven? Yeah. How did it feel? Yeah. Is that okay? Six months ago, when they got changed to it, no, I'm so not in a this mic frame line. But yeah, the shoes are focused right now. That's right. You have the magical penetration because you still don't have No, I have to go on my cool under And you still don't have uh, 55 power. So I'm 55 power, right? 10% cooldown and a 250 power. So you are going to have to have something to fit into that slot with that. Right. And you can't. It just costs too much, and I'd rather have a 3k. I think it needs to be the cost of selling boots. So it evens out. Yeah, so it evens out. Yeah, you might be right. In my mind. But then again, is it really a gold signal? I mean, it wasn't really designed to be a gold signal. Yeah. I think it's really, really cool. There's no, there's no reason for a player to ever buy down to the full game. Like, I agree. I want to make sure it stays that way. I don't, yes. I don't think there should be a reason to sell your boots earlier to get advantage. I agree. I feel this should be like. Six item and the game. Six item and the game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which class do you think benefits the most from this? Which class will go back to top speed? Yeah, Rad. Rad gets poo pooed on. And to be fair, people are going to complain about that, and that's going to be such a dumb complaint in my mind. No one was really annoying about it, and I felt really bad as I said that the patch notes. And you said that you don't care? No. I feel the last thing with the patch notes. And then that's what's to be like, why would you do that? Like, I know I just did that, but he's the only one that doesn't get boots. And I'm just putting my head over right, no boots. Yeah. So yeah, I felt bad, but I'm like, at the same time, yeah, that's going to be a bit of a trick. I'll put it on my gun for him. Yeah, okay. Who's going to be the most beneficial? Who gets benefit of mages? I think it's hunters by far. Hunters are mages. Because now you get two kind of a pen item if you're a mage, you get more sustain. You get more, let me put this you get more of a opportunity to buy a item for the team. General help in a scenario. General ISO, for example. Yeah. Like most mages would love a general ISO, but some can't get it because their builds require other things more important. Right? So they would rather drop there or some other really cool. Your mood guys are going to get a little bit more in your builds of being able to do more stuff right. um, and be a little bit more flexible. Hunters, I think, will just do more raw. Yeah, I just think it's, it's just. Look at the way that we describe. Do you have it? Well, sorry, do you have it all level activity and then go get an option? Then you'd be saying mages all the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. My God, I'd be able to hit like 1400 power. It'd be insane. But think of the way that we've always described hunters versus mages and what they need to do the late game damage. Mages need levels. They are level based characters. Hunters are high optimization. So I think that giving them the option of getting. I think this makes Silver Branch a million times better because now you can just shove all of the attack speed in the build. Sure. And replace your boots with an Aussie. But let's talk about the other foot of the coin of tanks. Sure. Tanks can get tanky. Yeah, but you can, as a tank right now, you can hit the proc cap on whatever protection you need. But then you can build health. You can build more health. But so the protection size hurts you more then? Sure, but then they have to build change. Fine by me. Look at this hunter build. Mm -hmm. Give me, give me Aussie, Jins, Executioner, Odysseus Bow, Silver Branch, Titan's Bane. Why not? It's attack speed. Now you're going full build. It's attack speed. If you're going full build, then you don't have Aussie. You don't have full foot. You need to have that. I'm going Silver Branch. I want as much attack speed as possible. Oh, you have to get attack speed right now, sure. Or replace Aussie with Atalantis. Cool. I would do a lot of the assets on my desk. All of those items, sub 
kid size are 2,300 gold or less, I believe. Maybe it's 2,400 gold or less. Yeah. It is cheap yep. and good luck to, and it's spread in with these. So if Odysseus broke off, you're now dealing 60% of that power yeah. throughout the whole throughout the whole team. Yeah. Insane. There's something I've been worried about. I am excited about it, right? Insane. They, their abilities are I mean, so cheap. As a, as a mage focused player, right? You yes. have uh, Hydra and Yeah. Yes. Uh, this is my whoa, 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 hold on. Actually, I'm not going to be fine. No. We've only had one here. Okay. Well, we should have given you a hiding Yeah, we definitely did. I don't know. How many times have Hunters have a year. They've had every year before this. They didn't last year. This is the first year ever that they are better than us. Oh, you're not. To be fair, just so everybody knows, I'm not a hunter player season yet. Where I'm actually more a mage player mage than I am a hunter mage. They were the hunters alone, so that you get more fun because they were that busted. I know, I was disappointed by that. What happened? So they had their one year, and then what about season one with with the 45 second sprint cooldown? Okay. What about that? Would you rather you rather not be able to hunt in the latest stages of the game is causing you problems, or would you rather deal with the jungler getting power this year? The junglers are always empowered. I'm not because like they're likely to actually run too, right? Does that mean they're going to get more survival goals too? Yeah, I think they need to get a little bit more survival goals. I think they would be the ones that are looking at Munchers Cups and stuff like that. Like, you see a lot of Munchers Cups anyway, but maybe it's like how do we actually end up? I actually think it means that the assassins are going to be able to build more damage because it's an extra damage item that because they need at least like two tank items, right, in order to survive at a competitive level. This is another damage item that they need to sometimes get that. Because right now, you have to kind of get the major hunter down to 90, 80% in there of the assassin all in them. I think now they might actually be able to Every single roll of this, let's play this way, is going to be a cherry on the top for your builds. I think it is the worst for tanks. So I think it helps all the all the damage dealing classes sure. more than it helps the tanks. I, I think if tanks work it out well, then I'm pretty sure they can work it out so it'll help them in certain different scenarios a lot better. I keep looking towards the health trees a little bit more because I know they got that with this patch too and they yeah. can help out. Even something that's going to keep you in combat just a little bit longer with regeneration is important. Even if you go out low health, you know. Stuff like Stone of Guy, which is getting above this patch, like that will make an impact. Yeah. Uh, you can get some extra HP fire regen, which keeps you in the fight longer. Um, okay, speaking of mages and some of their itemization, there were a lot of changes to that. Mm -hmm. 6.1 update notes. Uh, let's start with Doom Orb and Doomer Orb. I'm calling it that. Doomer right? Orb. Yeah, yeah. Doomer Orb. Uh, 3200 gold is now a tier 3 uh, off of the tier 2 that was Doom Orb in the last artifact tree. Uh, it costs 3200. It has 135 magical power, so 200 awesome. mana, 25 MP5, and 6% movement speed, plus the passive of killing or assisting an enemy minion, provides you with one stack, granting 1% movement speed and 6 magical power per stack. Uh, those stacks last for 15 seconds and stack up to 5 times. You can, you can get up to 11% movement speed and 170 magical power in total. So this item. That's pretty good. One point bring up, movement speed has always been seen as one of the strongest things in the game. Yes. It took a while for players to really catch on that movement speed was really important. Yes. But especially for season five, not for every opinion as well, with the map getting a little bit bigger, people realizing the value of movement speed even more so. Um, movement speed is a really big key. Mages getting movement speed, yes, please, for a mage. Then, up to 170 power. That's even Is the cost worth it, though? I guess that's the real that's question. That's the thing, because I'm not sure. Get this in the build, because yeah. you want it to be in the early stages, because you're killing more minions. That should yeah. actually the main phase yeah. a little bit more. But then you stack it. This item is not very good. Yeah, but then you want to stack an item there as well, right? Yeah, exactly. You want to stack a delay. Really, in my mind, I just don't want something that's 3,200 gold. At that point. You're right. You know, that's the big thing for me. Well, I mean, 135 power base for the cost, it's kind of on point with some of the other power bases of mage items, right? 
just want to talk. I'm just like too, too much for you, most of stuff. The, yeah, a lot of writers know about this, but like once you get the stacks, it's the highest. No, no, well, they're not consistent stacks, right? They, they wear off. Yes. That's the big difference here. Of like, yes. hey, you have a high peak here, but on average, if you just protect it, no stacks. Oh my god. Can you imagine? Are you ready for a Zoom For a thoth that's CGI on you and all the minions are dying in front of him and now he has 170 magical power and 11% movement speed hitting you? I'm just I'm ready for that. I'm ready for the Zeus to like, uh, rather than being the one that drop hole. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, it's gonna be great. That's good. And the back is gonna come in and flop his face. This isn't even a good item for Zeus because Zeus is horrible around any minions. That is us, but we have any other minions. I'm, I'm excited about this Zeus change. Well, I'll tell you about it. Well, I guess it's Zeus and Mike. But I do think, I think it's a very interesting item. I think it could have some potential. Um, maybe some edge cases where it can be really, really potent and strong. But it's a risk-reward item. I would see loads of these again. I think something like this item could make really good use of this in terms of playing the wave and rotate. Yeah. Because the benefit is that like, him and Cuckoo could both make use of it. Like, well, no, Cuckoo can. He's always an awkward one. Though. I mean, he's got 200 mana on the go. The best. And Shadow the Power. Yeah, uh, I just don't want to see. I think it's better on a side game draw. Yeah, because your Pokemon's item build. Well, maybe now that's six items in the boots. The reason I'm saying that is because both of those, like Ron Krakorkin specifically, like Krakorkin and Poseidon specifically, they can drop their three and walk away from the wave and still get the farm. So that means they're getting the movement speed as they are walking through the jungle for the gank. Right? Okay, okay. So they're just going to be like, and so it's going to like be like consistent zoom up from there into speed and get in there quick and fun. Drop an old walk away or go and take the uh, Tom of Coup. Seems good to me. And if the Tom of Coup becomes a big thing, that could actually make an impact on this. I mean, just because the movement speed to get there is going to be very useful. Yeah, sure, definitely. I still don't know if it's going to get that much more. Very, it might just be too expensive. Experimental, I don't know. If it gets cheaper, it's cool. Yes, absolutely. And I don't think. I don't think I want to see mages running around with that much movement speed consistently in more games every given time. Thank you, Benny. That's fair. All right, Book of Souls, the tier two of Book of Thoughts, got its magical power decrease from 65 down to 55. Uh, just kind of in, in, encouraging you to go Minions Blessing. I think it just forces Minions Blessing because Minions Blessing got buffed just before that because it was undervalued, and now dropping that down here says if you are not going Minions Blessing or potentially. I just not played like you played in the highest levels as well. So like, if you're looking at the situations like Krakow can make, yeah, would you go Minions Blessing or still Book of Souls? That's where I'm at because like that's the real mage I care about playing because for yeah, that's fun. And I'm like, do I go Book of Souls? I don't know. Minions Blessing. I think you might go Book of Souls if only because of the next thing, which is the Book of Thoughts got its cost decreased. Yeah, it's a little easier to rush. That's a good point. That's a good point. So you, and, and your Tolkien is full clear with, with Rowan anyway, so I think you should do it. Okay. Um, but yeah, Book of Thoughts, it decreased the cost from 2800 to 2650. The passive now only converts mana gained from items, so no longer the, the base mana that you're getting per level will be counted. Not news bass for Krakow. But increase the amount of mana converted to magical power from 3% to 6%, so double that, mm. and increased the bonus mana conversion that evolved from 2% to 3%. So now you get up to 12%. So I had, I talked to Podpod yesterday. Um, I asked him, you know, where can, where does it, the, the curves like cross right up? Yeah. And he was telling me that he ran the numbers on the, if you go to the library build, you know, all the books, all the books, you get on average about 50 more power. Right. With this change. 
you get more with this than you would have with old book. But I think worry, one of the things I feel about the Pashas as a whole, which we're, not, we're, we're going to go through the Pashas, but like, it feels like they've said to a lot of sort of positions, especially mages, like, you go this route, invest heavier in this route, right. and you will get more reward. If you dabble in this route, it's not going to be as rewarding as if you were to invest in the same route. Right. So the book build, like we've seen before, this is a push towards, hey, you go in book build, you should go book build some more, that'll be extra power. Right. Uh, ultimate XRT and Janice Direct is 9% up to 12. I'm really good at math, as you can tell. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I'm not, not going to cut you out because I wasn't yeah, sure if it's going to bother me. Um, if you go Book of Thoth and like one or two other medium mana items, you are up about 8 to 10 power. Okay. And if you go only Book of Thoth, then you lose a little bit in the mid game, but it's like 2 power. So it's, so it's, exactly. it's really the same. It's, 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 it's just more clear to the player. Right. I think that's important. Right. I don't want to have to worry about status right. characters, base mana, mana per level is lower than these other characters. Right. They get more from Book of Thoth. And right. I do. That's weird to me. That's true. And so I think that this is a, a simplistic change that uh, is a little bit more clear. And for, for the player, you know, I the average player as well. Like if they see an ad that says this, they're like, well, I want to buy mana. I just don't want that. Yeah, it's pushing people towards it. Exactly. I like that. Subsequent hits, hell yeah, this reduction lasts three seconds. And I think three seconds is a very fair window. I think five is way too long to be immune to it. And I, to be fair, three might be the right middle ground. It might even be to go two in my eyes. Two seconds is five is a long time. It's a long time. A long, long time. Um, but I do feel like every single mage that has four damage and abilities was just cream the whole time. Yeah. Like, enjoying this item way too much. It's it's way too much on it. It's, it was way too much. For sure. They might still need a little bit more, but probably not. This will probably put it in a pretty healthy spot. Yeah. I still think that people, for as this was the best item in the game. It feels like a lazy item, not from like that, but I thought the player play view, like, the player's just lazy enough to, like, yeah, let's pick a soul reaver. Whatever I want. Soul reaver. But I still so well. I agree, but I still saw so many people do it. And it was, but it was the best item in the game, but it was, it was mildly situational. Yeah. Not, it, like, the only time I wasn't buying it was if it was, like, Loki solo. Right, so that had to be one shouldn't be done. Yes. Right. But as long as there were two tanks, you're buying Yeah. Most of the time, we just bought it for the sake. And that's kind of what I saw with it, and I don't think everyone really goes on the math that well of, like, is this really better than the book for this goal? Right. In this situation again. So it was just like, but when it now becomes that call, it's like execution wrong again, right? Like, and that's the how is executioner been the second or third best item in the game I this long? I think the issue is, is that execution is just one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't. It's a necessary evil. Yeah. Like well, yeah, it's the same thing like the, the way mages have always had necessary evils in their books. Obsidian Shard is a powerful tank buster item, but a 2150 gold. It was 
versus 2,000 vision and saw use in almost all games regardless of the presence of tanks. Um, so now it's getting a cost increase. It's down to 2,300, but also increased the million dollars from 60 to 70. Thoughts on that? Stubborn to get picked, right? He's going to be bold at some point in the build as a mage. You call it void by an opinion. Realistically, like, yeah. But like, in the same situation I was talking about where it's one tank, right? I'm only buying, I'm only buying Spear of the Magus, oh, and then Share of Desolation. Oh, my goodness. And I wasn't going to go full six iron builds without boots by the end game, and they're going to get some extra tank units on my knee, and eventually I'm going to build for this. Yeah, I mean, yeah. If, if tanks are capping at 325 prots, I need a city in charge. Yeah. And that's, that's what it's never going to say you. I actually like the power increase, and this is very nice of him. Like, I think that was a very little, like, little tip of the hand. I think the power was a little low, but the cost made it on what it did. Yeah. Made it tricky to get any more power because maybe it's more palliative. But I think the fact that they bought a power on that kind of equates to the reason for it. Yeah, both going together. I yeah, that's nice. So sure. Um, this is the next one that I saw this time on the back that we were going to talk about. This is the one that the tree that we're talking about that they wanted you into invest deeper. Yeah, so I like it. Yeah. Uh, increase the magical life steal on Typhon's Fang from 10%. To 15%. It's not the conversion or anything like that, it's just, but it is giving you yeah. lots of power yeah. uh, on this item and, and via the conversion as well. I think Typhons is a totally fine item to buff. I am so not concerned about this. Yeah, I think it's because we've not seen it for a while, too. And life steel builds have the effect of having your items a lot better and slightly more after the previous seasons. Um, Cursed Arc is still the same. So nuts. And if you want to go for a life steel build or your team get a bit bigger on Typhon Strikes, no problem. I'll just put core support with a Cursed Arc and build no problem. Do you? Increased damage on you for life steal though. You do get you get less of it, you get less, but you don't. No, that I don't believe I don't believe you. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, okay, Dynasty Plate Hell increased the magical power from 45 to 55. That's sure. Why, why am I buying this instead of Celestial though? Yeah, but why do we want that back at the board? Because getting instant killed by junglers is kind of sucks. Well, you want to get Celestial? Celestial okay. eventually gets next, which I am very confident that it will. Oh, yeah. It's insane. Oh, yeah. The moment we get that. And I have been saying that I was insane yeah. all year long, and it was crazy to me that no one was building it. Yep. And now people are finally building it. All right. Start a binding. Yeah. Uh, increase the magical power from 20 to 30, but it also does passive change, similar, but just a way of different, different way it works. So now, successfully, successfully hitting an enemy god with crowd control will place a debuff on enemies hit. The debuff is decreased 15 uh, you get decreased magical and physical protection I like each. I like this so do you like this better than all the bias? I was a big fan of it. I was a fan of it, but I was also, I understand the, the issues that you have with it. It's being a engaging support player, for example. You can get too far ahead of your teammates and you want to get this penetration buff too. That was a penetration buff, right? Because what happened was you get the aura that would explode from you. So if I blink initiate, I'm probably out of range of the carry that I'm trying to get this buff to to get an effect on. I'm probably out of range, so no one's getting the effect of, well, only me. Right. Whereas this is like, bing, 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 bing. If you need another reason to hit the target that I just blink initiated on, here it is. They're going to take more damage right now if you go in on them. I think it's really good for the buff part. Um, potent. Probably too potent. I'm actually a little bit worried that it might. It's, it's an early game support item if you're going to get it, though. Uh, you can't be looking at it later on in the build, although giving Ped to your team later on in the build technically is a good thing. Uh, but I still have a feeling like it's going to make some big uses now. Probably I wonder, you know what I'm thinking? I wonder if I could buy this on Isis. Yeah, uh, yeah but where's that going to fit in the build? The power is 30 power. 
have a fry pan is so much more useful than power. That's true. And you're already, so if I hit you with my three, which has got a range increase, we'll go over that in a little bit. Uh, if I hit you with my three, you lose 30% of your magical protections and 15 of the flat of those magical protections. That's a good point. I like that. might be worth trying out. I also like the fact that if I'm using Spell of Mindset to come back at me in that team fight, you drop the three on the whole squad. Yeah, and everybody loses protection. It's really strong. That is really strong. Anything that you can like apply to multiple people and it stays with them and not around them is important. There's a big difference between around me and around the enemy, right? Yeah, like guaranteed the play is going to be debuffed. What you do as long as you're hitting a CC, the debuffed. That's good. That's yes. good. Um, okay, let's move on to some physical items. Malice got another passive. Uh, successfully hitting an enemy with a critical strike will subtract two seconds from all of your abilities currently on cooldown except your ultimate. And this effect can only happen once every five seconds. So I think this item is really, really close to being really, really cool. Yeah. Really, really good. Yeah, I agree. The problem is it either needs to affect ultimate for cooldowns. No. Well, I think it's better than changing the internal cooldown. I disagree. I think it, I think it's okay if it, it what give me the brave case for with you can only get it once every five seconds. That's a good actually you might be on that. I'm trying to think if there's anyone that can solo cooldowns off a billion and stuff like that and just make it in fight. Maybe not. Crit Guan Yu could get his ult up really fast. I have solos in a crit Guan Yu, right? Now you're probably right. Maybe it can come with ult as well. Because it's only going to affect the internal cooldown just there. But what was what was the reason that they did that? And there must be a reason for why they chose to put that in and not allow ult to decide. I mean, it's a scary, it's a scary, it's a scary item. I don't know why. It's such a tough ult. People are probably rather introduce it a little bit lower. I was looking at this item of like, I like it for the simple fact of like certain hunters are going to really enjoy this. I feel like uh, Rana could make really good use of this just because his cooldowns for his rollout are relatively low. Yeah. And having him all up an additional two seconds earlier or even four yeah. seconds earlier if he's lucky, he could have rolled up it further. That's what I'm talking about. Uh, Apollo, like, da- dashing in, using yeah. crit, gets two seconds off yeah. those, you know, immediately. Yeah, like Shaw, right? Ready task, yeah. same range, slashes, takes him up with the ult, crit, crit, crit in the air, so let's say one of those cracks it, right? No, it'll be two. No, it'll be one. Are you sure? Five seconds. Is it really five? Yeah, yeah five I seconds. I thought he's pushed on six the last hit. Have you held it? I don't think so. Okay. Oh, no, no, it's, it's, Najah's not up in the air for those crits don't last five seconds. No, right, okay. Because, like, if he could do that and then land again, get really toss back, yeah, it's not full combo over. You know what I mean? Like, I think the certain edge cases where that would be useful, the hunters are definitely going to have the ability to that is certain hunters, ones with lower cooldowns. Um, you're cool though, on the ultimate thing. I think yeah, I think it let it happen, man. I think that's the only way it's going to see a lot of play. Um, the other thing is, can you imagine it? Leave it so that it doesn't affect ultimate cooldowns. Imagine it with no internal cooldown. How insane that would be. No, no. I go full crit circuit. I death bane you, crit you all three times, get my death bane up again. I love the design teams <laughs> that have had over the years, but one thing I will say is that would be if they. If season two, there's season, season two, that item would have been dropped without the internal cooldown, and yeah. it would have all been like, what are you doing? That's like, I don't want to have Apollo. I was like, just mezzing, crit you three times, mez again, crit you three times. She played this crit in a bell. I was like, woo, oh my god. Makes explosive bolts, explosive bolts again, explosive bolts again. I just guess it gets crit every time. Oh my goodness. It's going to be, I'm excited about that. I do think it needs a buff. It's still going to be used in edge cases, I feel. I think it is a viable item. But I do feel like Death Bane is going to have its place still. Rage is still going to have its place still. Malice has always been the yeah, red-headed stepchild. Imagine this, way. Stay there. Imagine this way. Would you buy Deathbringer with no extra damage on it? It's just like the, you only get the stats from Deathbringer and no passive. Because if you're not worried about your ability cooldown, 
from 150 cool, uh, and its cost increased yeah. to 2,250. Definitely. Uh, this is where it gets interesting. Cudgel increases the power from 5 to 10 and decreased health from 150. So power so is a more, yeah, a little bit more aggressive. Yeah, it's nice. It's just so that about like your early game, you have to get more power to clear the wave, and actually is where the struggle, not necessarily the health pools. Right, getting that. So yeah, it's a bit more clear. But this means solar lanes it might be a little bit more potent early game if you're cycling stuff like this. I'm ready to get smacked over the head with these hammers, man. Shalele. 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 I just wanted to do you with an accent. That's really all. Shalele. It's like the same. That's what we're saying. That's Irish. Sounds better. Oh, yeah. Remember when Irish? I go to the with an Irish accent. No, I'm not. I'm not rude enough to try to impersonate the Irish. Unfortunately. Uh, decrease the cost from 1500 to 1300. Increase the physical power from 10 to 15. And then just go up at the end. Shalele. There you go. It's not that hard. Just go up at the end. Yeah. All right. That wasn't, that wasn't too bad either. Um, are you concerned at all about the player starting, starting this in tier 2? Uh, 1300. You get uh, four pots. Uh, you get four pots. Well, at least they can't get. I'm not so sure. What is it? Ten. What is it? What's the four stars in this Australia now? It's 15 power, right? Um, well, 50 50 health? Health? I think it's 100. I want to say 150 health. Okay. Let's find out. Well, if Cudgel's going to be 100 health down to 50, then I'm guessing this Australia has to be at least 100 health. Probably like 50, right? Australia, um, it's 200 health. 15 power and 100 mil. Yeah, there you go. So that sounds pretty potent to me. That's really good. 10, uh, 15 power is not a lot, though. <laughs> no, it's not. Um, but then again, like, why are you going to wish to say? Because I don't think that's like, I, mean, I saw some discussion on this, and I'm kind of of the opinion maybe this is more of a nerf than a buff to the side, depending on the no way. No way. Well, okay, this item is already sneaky OP, and no one buys it. No, I agree. It my mind. I agree. It's, so, it's in front of bar, right? Like, put it this way. But, there was a debate going on that I saw recently on social media to do with the fact that because the mono regeneration doesn't kick in now until 25% in the earlier stages when you spam more mana, you're not going to have full mods keep rotating each other. Sure, screw the mana. I don't even care. Oh, no, it's cool, dude. Like, grab it. I don't even care about that, Hindu. We're uh, increasing the physical power from 25 to 35. So that means for 2200 gold, yeah. you're going to get 35 physical power, 200 mana, most of the time 10% CDR, otherwise 50 plus 50 MP5, and for 2200 gold, 450 health. It's a lot of health. 450 it's health. a lot of health. You could take off the mana from this, you could take out 200 mana off this, and I would still think it's good. So I predict Blackthorn, like you said, I, I think Blackthorn has a potential spot, right? It's it's just based on some but I don't think the passive is as strong as it was now. Funny enough, I don't think that changes the strategy is good for it. It should be like 35%. On, a, on, a, on an average player level, let's put it that way, on a competitive level, sure, they get 10% cooldown much more often, right? Which is cooldowns important anyway. You get all those like extra stat benefits. Um, I don't know. I still think this is going to be an edge case thing, but I do think the health on that is probably a bit, little bit overtuned. Um, and with the power increasing, maybe the health needs to come off 450 health. 450 health. Really, for a little bit change. This item has been that's busted. That's why I'm saying to you about like Blackthorn. I was like, I know we're talking about Blackthorn right here, but I still think Reforged is a little bit has been busted. It's because like, 55 power with that. It's good. It goes from 40 to 55 power. We took 50 health off of it. <laughs> you deal 15% more damage to enemies if they are affected by any crowd control. Yeah, that's why they knockbacks, blinds, or grabs. Yep. That is, that is slows. Why is Nemesis not building this item? Okay, what's up 
someone. This is this like a human girl, this college girl. No, they can get this. They can. They will. Are you, are you ready for Rune Forge Artemis? I think we can see some Rune Forge Artemis in this. Rune Forge Artemis is going to be a thing. Yeah. No doubt in my mind. Sure. Rune Forge Honor could probably work. And that was, that's the one I was looking at for, uh, like, one of these. Just for a pillow down. That's a song. Guaranteed. Full 60 seconds. But this item was already so good. And this is where I get mad at the community. Because, in my mind, it's their fault. Because if they would have realized this item was really good, balance wouldn't have had to be this in order to make people realize it was good. No, when the community, but the community followed by the pro players did. Sure, so the pros are part of the community. The pros, now, technically, they're on a different action. Sure, but they seem to think they already like the idea of your spectrum that way, so I guess that's the way it is, right? I don't know what they've been doing. If you're for cats, you to someone, now every single death thing was 15% more damage. How long is that last one? It is, again, in two seconds? It doesn't say how long in general, uh, how long that effect is. is. Yeah, I, 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 I just don't understand how people were buying this item before. I think you are buying it now. It is, like, 55 pounds a lot. Losing 50 health on it, sure, that may be away from some people wanting from the health aspect. But I don't think it. I guess I'm not about health anyway, but I think it's 55 pounds. And, and don't even think about it as only, well, I need to be doing the CC. Everyone on my team is doing the CC. Yeah. So if you, this is why I said Hollows could really make use of this potentially, because in the lane phase, the support session for the damage and you're like, oh, the CC, cool, here's some extra damage on top. It's, it's a win-win. You know, you think uh, Reforge is good when there's like a bracket on your team? <laughs> no, it doesn't. He has two stuns and a Trevor that will last yep. forever. That seems pretty good to me. Uh, and here's the funny thing. Chalk got a huge buff with this item being good. Oh, yeah, that was great. Yeah, oh, that was great. Oh, that was great. All that power, boom, baby. Jungle Chalk or Mid Chalk might actually be a thing. Yeah, I've been checking out even being here now, but Mitchell really was a thing. Yeah, talking about Tom is a big one. What are you yeah. talking about? Um, Alright. Gauntlet of Thieves increased the health from 200 to 275. Uh, I think that's a, a good change. I actually think we may see some creeps out like the iron might. It might change things up. Uh, for the casual player, look at the good design. Yes. As in, look after you getting your creeps online. Usually you need the support role to get your creeps online, okay? At the competitive level, you're probably going to see them maybe not always go thieves and maybe not even touch it to begin with because of the way they play the meta is going to be slightly different. There's a lot of magical defense built earlier on, a lot of supports this year. Yeah. That's because of the engagements with the mid laners a little bit more so than anything else. Right. In your casual games, it's probably not going to work on the same way. And that's where the differentiation between pro play and casuals needs to be separated from a lot of fans because yes. I see the cookie cutter copy of a pro and I go on my stream and see me not doing that build. Like, what are you doing? Like, because I'm not playing the pro level, so right. like, chill out. Like, you're an idiot, I'm playing with idiots. Take into account, we're all idiots here. Yeah. There's only 50 good players in the world, and even then, some of them are bronze. <laughs> Very true. Uh, Goblet of Thieves, if, if, if you're looking at pro support builds, I think Oni's in the Goblet of Thieves will give you a lot, uh, will give you enough just outright mitigations and protection through Oni's to get you through the Goblet of Thieves stacking process. Yes. yes. So it'll definitely help. We don't have to hurry up because we're not even gods yet. We only have like 20 minutes. Well, that's why I say for the patch notes that we would probably just go through the um, most important things. You probably will have the chance to read those. If you want the patch notes, you haven't seen them before, spygame.com. You can head there, get all the patch notes that run down. Um, we touched over a few of the ones that I cared about touching, especially the uh, the changes to the map, which should be worth that money. Yeah. Oh, the new the objective in terms of the turn of coup and the gold theories, they had a real big changes overall on the map. And the fire champion, now the enhanced fire champion, more damage. 
No, I really do. I think games are going to end a little bit quicker now. That's why I'm kind of not with Dave Meta as a whole. I think games have the ability to end quicker. Um, and, but I'm not sure. Like, I feel like there's a hard snowball. Yeah. I just think like breaking the bases is going to be a little bit easier. Here's hoping because seeing as we talked about it. Yeah. Uh, Stone of Gaia got a lot better. Um, now the heal goes through a lot more quickly whenever you get knocked up. That's the big thing for me. Yeah, um, I, think it took, I think it took a couple of hours too long for that. Like, yeah. oh, I think there was such a rage from everybody about this item that they just, they, they destroyed this item when they first uh, nerfed it because people were complaining about it. So I just think the bigger, deal, the bigger deal on the, on the internal cooldown is the speed at which the heal occurs. Really yeah. Now it's like big chunks of heal. Shame attack. Yeah, yeah, but it's good against him too. It is, but it's even if he's it, there will be abilities that are gonna trigger this while you're realizing that like right. impale triggers it, right? There yeah. is stuff like that that will trigger it. Um but him regenerating some of the shame tank is really important. His party passive is huge. It's a good item, um potentially more viable now. Don't think it changes the world for it though. No, me neither. But I think we will see more of it because we saw none of it towards the back end yeah. of this year. Yeah. Our shield of regrowth got better, spectral armor got better. Last year, then yeah, it's still going to run into this year a little bit. Ragnar's better, but Bumpa's better. Um, and also significantly better. That's uh, getting like 15 extra power for magical damage dealers on Bumpa's, that's a pretty big deal. I think we only saw like two of those masks through the end. I feel like we saw all the Bumpa's, right? We never saw Ragnar's. No, we saw Bumpa's. We saw Bumpa's, we saw Lona's, but we didn't see Bumpa's. I think there was one that just got there quick. Okay, on to some gods. Warriors got their base HP increased by 10, all of them, and then also got base HP for level one warriors by three. They get 70 extra HP now. Have fun. Uh, AMC, this is a pretty big buff. Swarm decreased the cooldown by one second of all ranks, and then high heat. Yeah. Instead of 75 up to 95 yeah. at cost, now to 60 at all ranks. So, so he's going to be back, I think. I know for a fact that AMC in the early days, there was once upon a time in Pro where Honey was the first thing you lost in that thing. Yep. The reason being is because it's nice and safe to just throw out the honey, also slow, and then also no good damage. This is now a 1.1, which, you know, in another sense, it swung us so much more to use it, you can just max this instead, yeah. and potentially you're fine. Yeah, especially if you're building Rootforge for the to slow. Ooh, it, also blocks, it also blocks off his ult with the triple. You're right, that counts. You're right. I think I think there's a nice little buff to AMC. We didn't see him for a little while. Will it be too prevalent? I don't know. Lack of mobility is always an issue. Lack of escape has always been an issue for him. The reason we didn't see AMC at the pro level last year is because Google Lane got camped incessantly, more so than any of the past years. And so he struggles in those environments. It's really meta dependent in my mind. Anubis gets a nice quality of life buff that just increases the duration of Mummify on the lower ranks. If only he could build Reforged, that would be pretty good. Seconds, you get the stack of the passive. As long as you have a stack, his next non-ultimate ability that deals damage to an enemy dodge yeah. will consume a stack to have its cooldown reduced by two seconds and heals him for five percent of, of his maximum health. Yeah. Um, you don't like it? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It's it's a lot, but the, the community has been very vocal on they don't like passives that only interact with one ability. Yeah, sure, whatever. I don't particularly agree, but I get it. Um, I mean, I, I get it. This, this is frustrating because like he's already a mobile mage assassin. Yep. And now we give him more sustain. You know what I mean? Like, well, he 
I'm Marcia Stan from Fully Stacked in the Last Pass. Yeah, sure. Uh, Everyone's always used to do. Well, this is what you used to do, right? Yes. I just like, you I get like that. 15% of your maximum health back if you have all three charges. And when you ult, you get them all back. You get everything. So that means you are, uh, by the time you play ult and these lives are all about bummies, they'll just like throw themselves into the fray like an idiot most of the time. Someone's an execute range or gets an execute range. They pop them up and they themselves are at 10% health and get attacked with you. Now they can reinitiate off that to get yours again. Yeah, I continue fighting, which I'm a little bit concerned about. Yeah, that's what I'm about. We'll yeah. see. But then again, yeah, my health might be pretty good. But I guess it's just, I'm so scared. Oh, you're all about me. I'm so scared. So I'm going to say the change for this is Chug is now available at level 1 and has a rank 0. I think of it like a tier stat change, right? You hit it at the start of the game. Uh, but it's not going to give you any protections when you chug in. Now we protection for a few seconds in this one. Good yeah. It's still going to cost mana as well. But the extra thing of this is now going to provide 40% drum combos at all times. The drum combo at 40% at all times is a huge buff already. Because uh, I was a real big fan of getting two points in this in the early stages. I'd probably go 1, 2, 3, or is that 3, 2, 1, or 2, 3, 1, depending. And then an additional point in 1 because I've got ridiculous amount of protections and triggerability. Now it's 40% at all ranks. This could be a 1.1 that you need to be early game. You don't have to pull a point into it if you're in the middle lane and you're worried about your protection so much. You can still keep your meter up. And both your burp and your flop will have the additional effects you get you never used to get. So the 2v2 before minion spawn and duo has been popular all year long. And Bacchus was probably one of the worst ones to play. It was horrible. Man. I thought, funny enough, I was really surprised that played that night. Grimmett, I was very excited to see when he pulled out this Bacchus. Didn't do anything. Uh, but it showed why we're not seeing Bacchus really, because he struggles in the lane phase. Bacchus is going to walk into lane with 30 magical power and 14% damage mitigation. No, mitigation from what? From his passive. From being smashed, you get 14% damage to all the yeah, 30 point. magical power. So in the fountain, you're going to chug and get all the way up to 100%. Yeah. And you're going to walk in the lane uh -huh. with more power than anyone else in that lane. Yeah. Before an item gets back. Uh-huh. What? Yeah. I'm, I'm very excited. I think it's a really good buff for Bacchus. And the funny thing is, it's like, I, I, I can't believe they're like, I wasn't sure they would, especially because I know he's playing another game mode, too. Yeah, I think they need to nerf the passive. You can keep this. It feels way better, because Bacchus has felt horrible to play for a long time. Well, it feels way better, and I can totally get behind yeah. that. Yeah. His passive is insane. That has always been insane. And yeah. part of the, the hold back of, well, Chug costs a lot of mana. You have to do You can't get it right away. Sure. We have slowly taken all those things away. But we've done so now we're left with this insane pack. But we've done so many percent mitigation. And I, I you're right, that'll probably come down some. But the funny thing is, is like that, we've seen that happen to so many cuts where some of the negatives were taken away to like balance it out a little bit more. So, yeah. so many passive will change through the years and things. This is step one, and it is potent. I will be abusing it. My little honeybee Bacchus will be buzzing around the map, being chased by bees. When you hear it coming, you better start running. That's yeah. what I said. Um, yeah, Sam Harry in the chat says Bacchus is a jungler now. I, he is. Bacchus can go ahead. He can jungle now. Well, he can jungle before. Now he has 33 power level 1. Yeah. And 13% mitigations. And I, for one, welcome our hammer Bacchus. I'm sorry, this is a Bacchus. Uh, last time I remember Bacchus really being relevant was Suntouch was stealing gold. Um, Dread buffs with it, remember that? Oh, yeah, I do remember that. That was the last time I remember seeing Bacchus. That was the other one. That was pretty troll. That was good. Yeah. Uh, past that, increased the physical power scaling on Razor Whip from 20% to 25%, mm -hmm. and decreased mana costs on Declaw 
much like Honey, uh, now the 60, 60 at all ranks. Um, yeah, like I said, this is pretty good. I think, I think the Clone Wars is really strong, uh, as in, like, that Monocos was... That uh, only scales really highly. Razor Red now scales really highly. I think it takes the best of it. Middle Ways would be a Clone Wars, and, like, this is for a casual player more often than not. This is something that I would use to advise the play, depending on who you want, because sometimes Clone don't get influenced by, uh, not only the ability, right? It would be more damage, more Monocos. But those, like, Bastet Humbats, for example, I always, like, advise players, like, obviously go for the one option first of getting the Clone as low as possible, and then, like, the ability, but with Somersault and, you know, Monkey Throw and Deep Clone Pounce, I would say go Deep Clone if you don't feel comfortable diving in all the time. Right. Uh, but the problem might be that is if you're playing more places of Deep Clone, you can trust me, Skillshot as well, it costs a lot more monitor. Right. Whereas this, like, it makes me feel like Deep Clone could prioritize going for Pounce a little bit more. Maybe in terms of level of ability, it pounce it so hard. It does, but at the same time, push out position, you know, sure. you know, trusting yourself. Yo, what if that was just CC the whole time? Uh, yeah. I mean, to be fair, that was, that was when I first started learning the game. I saw it, I'm like, why is this in the game? Why is no like this? this a thing? And then about a month and a half later, after me learning that, Mr. Pro started picking up and I was like, yeah, this is bullshit. Like, wow, that was nonsense. Uh, Baron, Sandy, next on the list. Consigned spirits, decreased bonus healing based on missing health from 12.5 to 10%. Not a big nerf, but a good one. He's a plus majority. He's a life at a party, decreased total health damage from 15% to 10%. So that's on the connection of the pump. Yeah, that's probably the, the heal as well. Just be clear, like that is percentage based as well. So right. it's always swinging whether you build damage or not on this guy. Oh my god, life is weapon is so right. You yeah. build Blue Forge on Bass Red. And then 60 mana. Why is it always going to be you, though? Because you got to eat everything. Um, I'm cool with more Baron nerfs because I just want to buff Baron. So, Baron, I, I think Baron is a really fun guy. I think he brings a lot to the table. But he gets the best of both ways. He can't, he shouldn't be able to build support and still do the damage he was doing. Yes. You know what I mean? And that's kind of what Consign Spirit's life report is doing now. I'm cool with that. All I want is to lower his mana costs. His mana costs are obscenely high. Surely, you lower the cost of the plus. But do you lower the damage to go little? No, you can't play that game. Shut up. Bologna, Eagle's Rally increased base damage. It was 100 to 5, and now 140 to 5. I didn't realize it was. You get physical power in it. Good point. I actually didn't think about it. Yeah, everything you do hits harder after that. Yeah. I mean, it was funny. If you don't know, they're hearing a bit Cabracken makes a really good change. So the way Cabracken all worked is you had a little, like, T, basically, above that. And it didn't hit on the ends of the team. Yeah. You had to hit it down the middle. Exactly. Now that will actually connect with all of those. It's just so much clearer. It, it just basically is where the UI shows you it's going to go when you hover that ability and like double cast it. It's going to hit everything and do a damage to everything in that area. Because I, I had an issue and not realized when I fought on the ult and not realized what I had damage. Yeah. But I was like, well, the Lisa stopped home. You know what I mean? Like, I guess I missed it somehow. But definitely a lot better. Uh, Camazon. I just don't like that. I don't like Kamazots. I don't think this will bring it back in time. Good. I just don't like anything about Kamazots as a character. I just don't like his ult. That's the only. I really like playing the character. I just don't like the ult. I don't like it. He's got two. I just just no. And the changes that we find increase the buff duration on this pass from 210 seconds to 300 seconds, and it persists through death. Also, we're hoping that other game modes outside of Conquest will be out. Yeah, that is that was one issue is having with Deathy other game modes. But anyway, yeah. Kernos. That's his ultimate. Decrease the cooldown from 100 seconds to 90 seconds. And Bramble Blast is two. Increase base damage from 40 to 200. 60 to 200. 
Mono Blast is just badass. Sucks. I like the Eagle Suck is an ability with a guarding self is really good. Like, and everyone's like, oh, no, but the reason we don't play it is because Bumble Blast is bad. Well, you're playing for everything else here. Yeah, well, I just put Bumble Blast. Okay, now he's OP, but what are you complain about? I can see it coming. Like, you're almost certain that I just know that's going to be the case where I'd be like, stupid hunters, don't know how to bounce the game or whatever. No, we did what you wore last fall, which is make Bramble last level one better, and now he's okay as hell on this one. He's gonna be really good. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. He's gonna be really good. Uh, Fafnir, Draconic Corruption, increased Dragon Breath uh, from, 40 to, to, from 20 to 40 plus 10%, to 20 to 60 plus 10%. How does Bramble last this as well? It does not. Oh, it does regret because we're going to fight Hammer with the Gold, right? The hell it does now? The Ascent of Rust now is level one. Yeah. As if he didn't get bonus. Stupid Hammer! Giant dragon, like, didn't do that much damage with his breath. So this will help. Oh, I'm like, I just wasn't that big, like, but Alex just thought I was like, alright, sure. Like, I, and I got the dad, the dad's put this really well in the patch notes, so you just agree with me, because I was like, okay, but why? Like, sure, his breath doesn't do much damage, but he like, listen, we needed some love, but everywhere we try and touch with the god causes problems because that coerce is too strong at power level. Um, we've messed oh, around. Yeah, with yeah, we've messed around with the hammer a bit. We've messed around with the hand tactics a little bit. So they looked at this up. So I'm like, okay, fine. Yeah, it's okay. It's still, I feel like it's. Eh. Yeah, we'll start with that. Hera increased the cooldown of Argus from 30 to 90. Yeah, she gets so many things in her kit that lowers the cooldown. Yes. Yes. It's totally fine. And on top of that, like, it's an AoE knockup. Yeah, she's really good. Like, <laughs> remember when people thought an AoE knockup on a mage wasn't good enough? And I'm like, what are you doing? This character was really, really good on release if her, in competitive level. I, I think she was hard to play and would have struggled, so the buffs definitely helped her. Play was a general power. Play was a really, it was the hardest, the, the worst thing about this deck. For the average player, because of the cast time and yeah. the slow switch regimen and everything, like, that caused some problems for players. And controlling a, an additional character over in your own is difficult enough for the average player in the game anyway. If you've not seen the stream tuning to anyone, you'll see the average player struggling to control one character, but then you gave them a second. Yeah. Um, which had no rules. Hera's <laughs> gonna be really, really good. Shield is still really powerful. But I understand the need for it, but I don't wanna see it. That's what it's gotta be. It's gonna be that. Hercules decreased the cooldown on his ultimate. It was flat 90, now 90 scales down to 70 in next rank. They, like, the, the best page just said, like, hey, this is more damage from the late game. And I was like, no, it just gives you more CC and healing more often. Um, I'm okay with that. Like, yeah. that's not a terrible thing. Um, it does mean that Rain Boss Hercules could be a little better if the Tedmer starts to hit again. Alphine's got buffed, Regenheim's got buffed, Hercules now gonna have CC and Yu-Gi-Oh more often. Now we can tell his boots for actual of regrowth. Yep. Which will be good. I'm gonna go for Shadow. Oh, man. That's a bad part. I forgot that. I love you guys. Uh, Isis, some really awesome buffs that I'm really excited about. Increase the range on her three, dispel yeah. magic from yeah. 4 to 55. Love it. Probably a little too strong now. That ability is insane. It's gonna be too strong now because obviously the silence too. Yeah, it's a silence and a slot. A silence at a 55 range is a lot. Yeah, that's really that, that is on the level for me of I need Bombstone. Of like four one. Well, yeah, because you can silence. Silence basically guarantees your stun. Yeah. So yeah, because you're planting silence into a potential snowball stun, right? Yeah. Whereas it feels silence is strong. Like it's one of the strongest things you can bring. It's the best thing in the game because no one can cast any abilities at 55. And like Ash is the best god in the game. 55 units is insane. Circle of Protection also going up a, a little bit on the range. Oh, no, what's up, Papa Miguel? How you doing? Yeah. We're doing a little podcast. We're excited about the 
license changes for season six. I know you're really excited about those. Yeah, they're they're really fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tyler Oakey too. Is it Oakey? Oh, we nerfed Oakey. Yeah, oh yeah, we nerfed over twenty percent of God's got bound toys. You liked it. You said you read it. That's all. It was basically you liked. That's what it was in the show. Yeah, close enough. This is gonna be enough. Changes are like, like the first one is just book fixes for the most part, clarification and clear of really important stuff. The energy change I'm very solid because I, I could play a lot of this guy. It is an issue, it's hard for you to get your big ultimate all the time. Yeah. It's hard to ever really like sometimes I felt like I fought for like two, two whole like minutes. I'm like, wait, why is that? So, giving more of an energy jump here, I'm really sold on. Uh, it might even need a little bit more for it. His damage numbers seem good. When you get to the mid to late game mode, sort of thing, it feels like his damage numbers are on point. But the lack of the ultimate feels rough. If they don't, if you can't get the ultimate too often enough, it's going to feel awkward. If it's on too often, it's going to be too OP. I know, you only 20 seconds away. That's why my style is so tricky. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I am interested in how that's going to work for him. Still fun, though. Very, very fun. We'll play off cooldown once that, that patch comes out because I want to see how the changes are going to Yeah, Loki. Oh, bless up. I'm so excited to not have to worry about these. Filthy Loki mains in my games as much anymore. You still have a nice one. I still will, but it'll be harder for them. The big banish wasn't damage mitigation, which would have happened 16 years ago. And I'm not even that yes. worried about that. The big thing, though, is this the, the damage progression on his auto attacks going down is a really, really nice deal. However, with, with Vanish, remember that changes your auto attack progression. So it's a little bit different, but still. It's, it's a brutal change to him, but they're good. good. And there's never, there's never really that many, but there's a few low key players in the world that actually will be able to be fat and they're not going to feel the impact here. The average player who picks him up and tries to mess around in the games, he's going to be worse, which means he's going to just split push. Whatever. He's just going to like that's all I split push. Loki is just going to be stronger yeah. because of this if he's hitting sure. Uh Sickle Strike uh, for Osiris. Uh, Osiris basically just got better damage. A little bit of damage on his one and his two. Osiris is going to be really good, I think. Yeah, I think it's people are uh, Reforge Hammer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, and that's a Reforge Hammer consistently on. Yeah, by the way, I like that. Pele, her passive Everlasting Flame, could increase the duration from six to four, decrease power from two, go level one. Still, yeah. she, like, the issue with Pele is, and I've always, I always feel like she's a clean up killer. Like, she'll go into a team fight and never win. Although we saw one or two things towards the end of the season. And competitive play where we see like one v three. Wait, yeah. he did that? I was like, okay, that was just very exciting. No. Uh, Poseidon got some physical protection for level, cool. Um, yeah, what Thoth, big changes yeah. to him. Increase the damage on higher levels of assault. Change the maiden punish so it no longer stuns, but it pierces through enemies. It roots the first god hit and slows every other enemy hit. Uh, root and slow last 1.5 seconds at all ranks. It's a 30% slow at all ranks. Then increase scaling on his ultimate. So, these are trade offs. Yeah, I'm totally clear. Because I know you read them all out because of the fact that damage is going to put his one and his ult. Right. Overall, but Evader Punish changed. Yes. Right. Evader Punish so, changed. Is still one? Is one? Stun is always better than any other form of CC outside of knockdown. Right. right. So, a stun is always going to be the best thing. Hit one target short. This is a slow enough route. It's kind of what it was when it first released to an extent. It didn't have a route when it was just a slow pierce. Now it pierced. That's how you pierced. It pierced and slow, but then we took away some of that and changed it to a stun. It's back to being a piercing shot 
which is good for Dave Clayston. Um, but Woody's the first goal to hit. And Woody's probably going to do the same sort of thing for him. I think that's a fair enough change, and he's going to be more manageable. The, the only thing that scares me in all of this is the hieroglyphic assault damage increase. I think hieroglyphic assault is the real problem. Yes. Yes. It's too many shots. Right? It's 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 three shots. It's three shots. The big problem cases for me with Doss aren't getting one shot, because lots of mages get one shot. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not a big deal to me. Not, no other mage can hit me from as far away as Doss and consistently be 60% of my health while staying safe. And that, and that is where I think his frustration lies. So I was a soft change scares me a little bit, but everything else I think is really good. I think the other thing as well, though, is that people size because soft is so bad, this is a very much a slow story. Even though there's some of I ran to play this on my hate, which is really potent, but slowly but surely people were tired to play with it. Play against us, sorry. And it got better. And I think people have learned to a lot more now. So when they catch him, mash him, and they're flying off that room, then they all in and he dies because he's got nothing left to us. Yeah, I, I think that, I think we will see more thoughts because of this. I think the ultimate change was necessary, by the way, because Final Judgment sucked with at 100% scaling. It just wasn't worth it when you compare it to how fast Raw was and how it did almost as much damage yeah, but with, without the charge out. But you can cancel it, you can move it, all that sure. There's a lot of benefits. There's a lot of damage to be taken when you can't move them out. Vegas. Zeus. Really? Really? Zeus changes. Uh, I'm not like Bacchus, but I'm just going to no, stop my ear. I'm going to get my Vegas new. 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 Vegas Previously, all of his basic abilities were 10 second cooldowns. This takes us on a different rotation. Deadly charge. So, increase the damage. Yeah. Before you panic. Increase the damage across the board. Increased magical power scaling from 18% to 25%, but reduced multiplication for each charge from 1 to 3 to 1 to 1.7, I, and you know what, let's group still like this one as well because they're in the same vein. Yeah. Just the damage, it's less at the very beginning, more at the very end, and an increased amount of power scaling from 50% to 55%, again, that's per tick of the ultimate. That hurts. I like this change, because part of the reason why Zeus was so problematic in previous promos is that you could build him with very little damage, and just build you know, survivability, movement speed, pegging whatever, and do a lot. This is moving him to, his late-game damage was really never very good. It's just his early mid-game damage was insane. Mm-hmm. So the, the trade-off is there to take down some of that early mid-game damage. Here's a hint. He's still going to be better in that part of the game than almost every other mage in the game anyways. And now his late-game damage is better. I, I'm ha- Do I think this is a net buff or nerf? How is his late-game better? Because of the scaling on the Okadetic. There's other kind of damage now like 75% scaling. So that is so much better. Right, because the scaling on that is better. Um, the scaling on Lightning's top is bad. Yeah. But the base product, I don't think the trade-off of Lightning's top is very fair. On the, just like, the Justice for 120, it's like 100 million, it's really well. It is. I think. Uh, but it is a change of value, so you can bounce back in time. Uh, uh, I think it's going to hurt more in the early game, but it will make it have a better early game. I'm excited about this change. I think it was necessary for Zeus's long-term health, and I can't wait to play it. I think it's going to hurt Zeus is in the mid-game with the down. Yes, yeah, so we're going to really feel an impact there. We're going to you're gonna feel like paper and that is like... On my it's going to matter more because it's not just base damage anymore. It's nice. Yeah, that's not going to be a big deal. We'll, we'll see. We got uh, the whole patch. That's the whole patch. Did we go through everything? It's right on time, too. 401. Oh, we did it all. We did it. Uh, thanks so much for, for watching with you guys.
coming in a little bit later on. Uh, this will be up on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. Just search for Domination Podcast, uh, and it will be there. Uh, should have another one for you next week as well. So yeah, go confirm the date on that for you guys as well, because uh, it may be Wednesday or Thursday or Tuesday. Ah, uh, work out now. Whatever bloody email board you guys are on, we'll, we'll publish it on social media so you can keep track. Or if you're watching, like a podcast or listening, as I should say. Don't worry about it. Just keep an eye on from when it pops up. That's right. It should be more regular than it used to be. I should know this. We've had a few more. We've been doing We're getting there. 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 Exactly. All right. Thanks, everybody, for watching. And we'll, oh, wait, you got to do a little closing. We'll get to it. Yeah, we get to it. All right. Well, we'll rock when domination returns. Bring it.